Oh my god, you guys. I am about to try to record this intro with my fucking irritating as fuck neighbors in the background screaming, which is, I'm such a hypocrite because I have dalliances and rendezvous and have people over my house at all hours of the night. And yet when it comes to me recording my podcast intro, if they make a peep, I'm irritated as fuck. But I don't know what they're talking about. They're all like fucking, what are they talking about? They're all like screaming like nutcases, like lunatics. Anyway, you guys, what are you doing here? This is incredible. Hello. Welcome to my podcast, the Love Alexi podcast. I am so glad you're here. Um, Did that sound real? I hope it did uh, because I do mean it. I'm just in a bad mood right now. It's been a heavy week. It's been a crazy heavy week. And, uh, you know, before I throw us over to my two-hour in-depth interview with writer, director, actress Michelle Morgan who made a movie called It Happened in L.A. that she wrote, directed, and stars in, featuring Yorma Tacone, Drew Hemingway, Robert Schwartzman, who's been on the Love Alexi podcast, Angela Trimber, PJ Ransone, Andre Hyland, who's also been on the Love Alexi podcast, and so many other incredible actors. They are all in It Happened in L.A., uh, and the movie, which is incredible, Run, Don't Walk. I saw it. I loved it. And it's available now on iTunes and on demand. But having said all that, can we please get into the Louis C.K. disgusting debacle that unfolded and came out this week? Oh my goodness. Now, unless you're living under a rock, I'm sure all of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, The article that came out in the New York Times about Louis C.K. jerking off in front of multiple women. Oh my goodness. It's just so depressing. Another fallen hero. I mean, I feel like I've been living under a rock because apparently everybody in the comedy world knew about this behavior, except uh, I didn't. I'm more of a loner. I have a podcast. I had a blog. Uh, Forgive me for not knowing. And it's so fucking disgusting and disappointing. I mean, the whole thing about jerking off in front of people, uh, what is that about? I have had men jerk off, uh, you know, drive past me, jerking off, troll me. You know, uh, yeah, I had a guy like trailing me on his motorcycle even. I mean, that's quite a feat to like block my path and follow me on a motorcycle while jerking off simultaneously. Wow. Kudos to you, dude. Anyway, and I just wrote this movie and a big chunk of it, uh, I'm trying to get this movie made that I wrote. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But a big chunk of it is about like men trailing me, jerking off. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. There was one time I was walking down the street with my 15-year-old girlfriend. You know, she's, a, she's my friend. She's the, she's the daughter of two of my good friends. And I don't, I don't even think she's ever seen a dick before. And some dude was fucking jerking off in front of us. It was just like completely traumatic. And I felt horrible that she had to go through that. I mean, I'd already gone through it and I felt sick to my stomach. Anyway... But the greater takeaway from this uh, disappointment in Louis C.K. is not only uh, what he did, but my manager, or, you know, he's not my manager anymore, Dave Becky repped Louis C.K. And the minute I read the passage in the article saying that, like, uh, my manager, Dave Becky, was uh, apparently threatened the girls who were spreading this... um, spreading their story about what Louis C.K. did. Um, He threatened their careers. Oh, God. I mean, I immediately parted ways with Three Arts and Dave Becky. Of course I did. It was a no-brainer. But all of this has been incredibly emotional. And it's been really emotional because, I mean, for a myriad of different reasons. There's a million things coming up right now. We're in the midst of an upheaval. and, uh, And I guess a lot of it, I mean, for me personally, 
I was so depressed last week after this recording session with Michelle. She's so lovely. We had such a nice time. And I'll tell you about that too, because this this is her second time coming into the studio because the first time we recorded a 25 minute podcast, but then her house got broken into and she had to dart out of the studio to go take care of her house being broken into. Spoiler alert, everything was fine. Uh, Thank God. But, uh, and I'm actually going to put that 25 minute podcast that would normally not see the light of day. I'm going to put it on my new Patreon page www.patreon.com forward slash Alexi. I'll tell you all about that in a minute, but that's where um, unreleased podcasts and lots of like bonus stuff, bonus features, and I'm offering a ton of fun stuff on this Patreon page. I'm very excited about it. Anyway, but let's get back to the, the madness. Um, yeah, I was just so depressed after this news came out. So after uh, I recorded the podcast with Michelle, we said goodbye, and I went and sat in some shitty Thai restaurant, just sat there and like, I actually started crying and I was like, fuck, why am I crying? You know, after all the Harvey Weinstein stuff and all the, I mean, toughen up, Alexi. And it just made me cry because it was so close to home. It's like, wow, my own manager who I thought I knew and I really looked up to, who was really charming and powerful and I respected him. It's like, it's so close to home when you find out, because well, that people are shitty or did shitty things that are disrespectful to women to find out somebody I was so close to, you know, would protect a man like Louis who did these shitty things. And it's just straight up greed. It's like full on, like just protecting your cash cow. And it just, it's symbolic of the fact that overall, for the most part, women are considered lesser than And we know this, okay? Like constantly, it's not all the time, but pretty much all the time, we are reminded as women that we are lesser than, we are thought of as less than, and we have to either combat that, uh, we have to like rise up and combat that and and speak against that or stand up for ourselves, or it's too scary to do that. And then we have to internalize the disrespectful behavior, and then be at odds with ourselves and be uncomfortable and, and go home and cry. It's just like, you know, and I just, and I said this before in a past podcast, all of the stuff going on right now for every woman I know, uh, me included, is bringing up every shitty experience, having a man mis, misuse his power, um, it's, it's bringing up every uncomfortable situation I've ever been in that I've stifled, that I pushed aside, that I pushed down because I've been like, you know what? I don't want to make myself a victim. I don't want to think about this. I got through it. It's over now. Just forget about it. I'll avoid the guy or it's done with and I'll hope for the best moving forward. Or it was probably my fault. I'll put it on me. Or he was just probably, you know, being charming. It's probably just me making stories. That, anyway, so it's just depressing and it's weird. I wonder how it's manifesting in dating because it's making me really angry and not trust people and being be very vigilant, you know? And and I was already like that, especially when I'd go to meetings at Three Arts and, and with the, like, oh, God. I was never comfortable going to that management company because you can feel the misogyny. You have to walk into meetings with like that are primarily men for pitch meetings or whatever it is you're working on. Um and you have to walk in kind of vigilant and they're dick jokes and everybody's like, yeah. Like, and then if you overreact or no, not overreact. If I would react like dick jokes in like a meeting or a, a 
a pitch meeting or a pitch rehearsal or whatever it was, a practice pitch. And there are all these like overtly masculine misogynist jokes being thrown around. If, if I reacted in a way that felt right for me, which was like, oh, you guys stop. No, I'm not tough enough for this, please. I'd be met with calm down or are you having your period? Like that's so fucking hacky. It's like, oh God, even saying hacky is hacky. But like I'd be met with like relax or oh my God, you know, whatever, calm down. Anyway, so it's just depressing. All this shit is depressing and it's it's all too close to home. And I, I and also I think that the jerking off, I heard that I heard jerking off is like some kind of weird form of control. Like men get off on it because it's like a form of control over someone. I don't fucking know. Anyway, let me take you to my interview, my conversation with the lovely, talented, badass Michelle Morgan. But I do want to say, if you want to hear my conversation with her uh, that I didn't end up tacking onto this podcast, um, yeah, subscribe to my Patreon page. I have to say, Patreon is the number one way to support creative people or to support people who make cool shit or shit that you like. So if you like this podcast, if you like the Level Lexi podcast for $5 a month, a donation, a pledge of $5 a month, uh, you can have exclusive access to so many things I'm making available, only available to, to subscribers on my Patreon page. What does that include, you ask? Well, hey, thanks. Let me tell you. Here's what I'm making available. Get ready for this bullshit. Uh, okay. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, and I just made my Patreon page, so I'm like super excited. So like bear with my crazy uh, youthful enthusiasm, my sloppy chic youthful enthusiasm. All right. Here's what you'll have access to as a patron of my Patreon page. Unreleased podcast and or unreleased podcast excerpts. Uh, did I pronounce that correctly? I have a lisp. How dare you? Um, you will get private monthly live streams where uh, you know you and I can interact. It will be like a call-in interactive live stream. Uh, I'm going to fucking reveal all the shit because my podcast is not a salacious podcast. I reveal a ton of shit about myself, my sex life, my privates, my body, my feelings, my overthinking, yakety schmackety. But sometimes there's shit that I want to talk about that even I don't reveal on my podcast. So what I want to do is, if you're into my fucking rambles and you like any of the fucking shit I have to say, I'm going to make available me rambling about all the shit that's too personal for even me to share on the podcast exclusively on Patreon. I'm also going to offer uh, my services as far as breaking up with people's boyfriends or girlfriends and or delivering uncomfortable information in video form. So what you would do is you'd message me like what message you want me to deliver to a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And uh, yeah, if you're a patron, I'll fucking do it. I'll make a video of me delivering whatever information you want me to deliver to whoever it is you want me to deliver it to. Uh, I'm also going to provide my hair, makeup, skin, beauty routine uh, recommend recommendations because people ask me for this. So fuck it. I'll make it available. And when I hit 500 patrons, Here's what I'm going to do as a reward. If I get 500, if and when, when I get 500 patrons, I'm going to do a two-hour live show with like a very well-known celeb guest, and I'm going to make it so you guys can call in. Not all of you, only my Patreon patrons. Anyway, so there you have it. So uh, yeah, do what you feel, no pressure, but 
I'm very excited. This is like a this is like an experiment. I've never done this before, but I have a podcast mentor friend of mine who told me to do this, and now I think it's an awesome thing. God forbid creative people who make shit for free should be compensated for what they put out into the world. So if you like this, become my patron so I can like I can like up my game. It'll make me want to serve you. Uh, I won't want to disappoint you, and uh, you know I'll be able to get better equipment. I'll book. I'll book uh, more well-known guests. I'll just, I'm going to hustle for you. This is like going to fucking keep me on my tiptoes so I can keep you guys who decide to take part uh, in this with me. Uh, I'm going to do this to keep you entertained and satisfied. All right? So here's what you do. Go to patreon.com forward slash Alexi. I've said my piece. Anyway, you guys. Um, oh, God. And then after the whole thing, I like went on a rant on Twitter after all like the Louis C.K. stuff and I left Dave Becky and I was like feeling all these feelings and I went on Twitter and I went on a Twitter fucking rant spiral where I was like naming executives that I felt wronged me and like put me in uncomfortable positions. So I was like, cool it, Alexi. Why don't you relax? If you want to talk about Joe Lewis from Amazon and you want to talk about Brian Grazer or Russell Simmons or various other people like a former manager prior to being with Three Arts who uh, asked you to touch his dick and told you that your boyfriend was probably cheating on you, why didn't you save it for Patreon, okay? Anyway, listen, I've said enough, I've said it all, but right now I'm going to shut the fuck up so you can enjoy my conversation with writer, director, actress, and new friend, Michelle Morgan. Now entering Nerdist.com. How are you? Um, I'm I'm better than I was the last time I saw you. I mean, God, are we in touch? So funny. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Michelle was on the podcast last week. We <laughs> talked about for 25 minutes, and then her house kind of got broken into. She was alerted by her alarm <laughs> system that her house is getting broken into, and literally ran off the podcast mid podcast, which is so crazy. So oh now we're, we're redoing it. But I'm glad you're here. Was that a podcast first? That was uh, somebody getting broken into, alerted by their uh, by their phone to, and uh, security app that they're getting broken into that's a first that's a first it doesn't happen all the time is it gonna disappoint you if i tell you that it was a false alarm you already told me yeah we're never gonna tell the listeners yeah, it was a false yeah, yeah. alarm did you get Thank your jacket and you, you left I she did. fled she fled in such a rush she left her jacket her rag and bone jacket and then i was like <laughs> michelle michelle and you did get it back yeah okay. you were really concerned about my jacket that was very sweet of you oh i'm not that concerned i just want to make sure you get your jacket no, it was really nice and i have to tell you when i came back a couple hours later to retrieve the jacket oh you said you oh, not a couple, I, I retrieved it the next day, but a couple hours after you texted me. Yeah. And it was hanging so nicely. Oh, that's nice. I left it with a lady downstairs. Yeah. And left it, a little note for you. It yeah. It was so sweet, and the care they put into keeping it safe really touched me, because normally if you leave something somewhere, it's just like bunched up in like a, like sort of like a soggy pile. That would never and, happen here. That's um, why I took yeah. into account, I, I was like, listen, when are you coming back? Left it downstairs with a note, kept it nice. That's as much as I did. Nothing, yeah. nothing more, nothing less, but just respectful. Yeah. I uh, just, the people who work at Meltdown are, they're really cool people. They're lovely people. They how really are, you, are. How are you today? Is this my water? That is your free oh, Nerdist you. water provided to you by Chris Hardwick. He's looking oh. down on us. Um, oh, hi. But how's your day going today? Because that day, I remember, like, it was, like, kind of odd for everybody. It was, like, the barista across the street from me was kind of an asshole. And oh, no. And your house had a false alarm breaking into yeah. it. Like, I feel like we're all, everybody was like moody and uh, all over the place, discombobulated. Um, I feel better today. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we talked about it a little bit. It was a, it was just a weird day. 
Why? It's, it's well, I just feel like it's been a string of weird days, oh my hasn't God, it? Yes. Well, what do you mean? Because of everything in the news lately? Just because of everything. I feel like there's something um, energetically that's just sort of permeating everything, and and yeah. uh, it's creating a lot of upheaval, and ultimately. I'm optimistic that the upheaval will lead to things being better. Yeah. Um, but right now we're like in the mud. Yeah, it's just because everything's being revealed about all these crazy. Yeah. Uh, did you read about Louis C.K. today? Oh, did, well, no, I haven't looked at anything. Oh today. my Tell god, me what's going on? Louis C.K., which is funny because I have the same manager. Uh, I mean, I know. Is it anything new, or is it just the same old? I mean, it's just a huge expose in the oh. New York Times. It's everything that everybody's been whispering about for for a long time. But it's like all these stories that I wasn't aware of, and like more details. And it's just like, how many pages do you think it was, Aristotle? Like. I don't know. Like oh, many, Aristotle just shrugged. He shrugged, but lots of yeah. It was just about how you know all these women coming forward about him masturbating in front of them, oh, like God. over the course of like. But you already knew that. Is that what you're talking I, about? I mean, I did already know. I know. Every, I'm. I'm, I, I'm always like when someone tells me something, I'm like, is, wait, is it a new something? Oh or no, is it but the it was stuff about that it, we already knew. Oh, it was about eight. About it was about eight women in the story. Okay, I talked there's about. eight. I don't know wow. if that's the number. I'm just saying. I think it was okay. an eight or six or something. I don't yeah. know. No, I've heard. I've heard about it because I have quite a few friends that are comedians, and it, I know that it's it's been sort of an urban legend for a long time. Oh, God. Um, and I I did a little bit deeper inquiry into it, asking a couple people, and and it seemed still sort of like, you know, I had never been able to connect with anyone that it directly happened to, but yeah. it, like it was like friends of friends, and it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I was always more inclined to believe that it was absolutely true, yeah, which is so depressing because, um, as a as an artist, I find you know, his work to be so brilliant. I love Louis C.K.'s work. I I don't understand why men feel, uh, some men feel compelled to masturbate in front of people. I don't know what it's about. I heard it's like a power move or something. I, I, I've had so many experiences. I don't know if you've ever had this happen yeah. to you. Should, where- we ta- should we talk about? Should we talk about our experiences? Oh yeah, I was just gonna say like I've had. I don't being know if masturbated ha- on. Have you? I mean, not. I haven't been masturbated on. I mean, unless I asked the guy to. But like, and that was mm. consensual. But like, I've had so many experiences where like I've been walking and like had a car blocking my path and be going, "Why is he not driving away?" And like, "Oh, what is that?" That movement in the car, and then I oh. look and I go, "Oh my god, he's fucking holding his like dick." It's like looks like silly putty, and he's like, and then I look at his face, and the guy's like staring like right at me, super lechy and gross and oh, sweaty, no. and I'm like, and "Oh he, my god!" Oh, he wasn't even fully erect. I mean, I'm sure he got there. No, no, I was no, just no. saying, okay. no, I'm just saying, like, and I was with like this 15 year old girl one time, one of my fr- my friend's daughter, and like we were walking, and that was the first time I think she'd ever like seen a guy's dick or something, and like it was, I don't even like to say that word so much, but like. Yeah, and we're we're oh, walking God. down the street. Yeah, and we we looked, and we both were like, ah. So it's happened like to me so many times when I was a teenager, and only just like recently with my fifteen year old friend. I was like, what the fuck? It's like so disgusting. So anyway, but yeah, it is. At, at the one time that something like that did happen to me was at a fancy sweatshirt store. Really? In Newport, Rhode Island. I have to tell you all the really <laughs> fucked up things. Not all of them, but two really fucked up incidents involving men being very inappropriate both happened to me in New England beach towns. Oh, really? Yeah, something really upsetting also what? happened to me in Nantucket um, over the summer. This summer? Yeah, this summer. Um, and 
but anyways, in Nantucket, I, I really wanted to, to bring sweatshirts home to my family. <laughs> or not, in, in Rhode Island. Yeah. And they live in Rhode Island, the family? No, no, no. My oh. family lives here. Okay. But I was in Newport, Rhode Island, and I have this thing where, like, whenever I go somewhere, I, I have to bring sweatshirts I back. I love it. Um, and I love sweatshirts. But, They're cozy. Um, cozy. Sweatshirts are so cozy. <laughs> um, and I kind of scoured the whole area trying to find the nicest selection of sweatshirts. And I finally found the store that I thought was the nicest of all the sweatshirt shops in Newport. And I am like, sort of perusing the selection and and uh, I maybe even made a phone call to check sizes, what everybody wanted. And while I'm doing this out of the corner of my eye, I notice there's a dressing room with a really flimsy sort of sheet and there's this red-faced guy with a huge grin. What? And my eyes sort of pan down and he has a giant semi-erect penis that he is showing me. And it was such a nice sweatshirt shop. And he was in the dressing room, or he you? He was. He was in he the was sweatshirt. Peeking, First of all, he was just peeking and peeking out at you, just jerking yes, off? He was he was fully naked in a sweatshirt Jesus shop. Jesus Christ. Okay. For the love of God, put on a sweatshirt I and put, some sweatpants. I was like, first of all, what the hell do people need to try in on a dressing room in a sweatshirt shop? Well, he went in there to jerk off, you know? It was, yeah. but he was like, he pulled, he like pulled the sheet back, you know, so he could expose himself even further. I did like four takes oh. because I was like, is this really happening? And yeah. he was smiling and he was... He seemed like he was kind of perspiring. Yeah. And um, I went outside to get my boyfriend, and I was like, this is really happening right now. And he came back inside with me, and then the guy put on his sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Yeah. And he ran out of the store. And oh, my God. So I, I, you know, I picked out what I wanted. I went to the ah! girl bringing it up, and I said, a guy just showed me his dick in your dressing room. Um, I don't think he was really trying on anything. And I thought this was a really nice sweatshirt shop. What did she say? And she was like, oh, wow. Like, she didn't even seem that confused. She's like, like, Wally? Was that Wally? Yeah, no. I mean, (laughs) I I don't know. I have no idea. Um, But, uh, yeah, she was just like, gosh, I'm really sorry. They didn't offer me a discount. Jesus, you're funny. Um, Anyway, no, I'm very serious about my discounts and upgrades. So I probably tried, but no, there's there was no discounts, no returns there either. No returns. Final sale, full price. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um. But okay. Well, we, we listen. We're gonna go back to harassment stories and sure. weirdness and touch on like. Oh, but I want to talk to you all Andre? about your movie. No, I uh, know. <laughs> I want to talk to you all about your movie, but okay. I do. I do want to play the ending of the. I wanna, yeah. Can we? Are we gonna? I, I want to hear what I sound. Oh my god! Like. It was so, it's so good. I want to play it at the end of this podcast. The twenty five minute. Uh, you know. A fragment of a podcast that we did before your alarm okay, went off. Yeah. I think I should tack it on to the end of this one sure. because you guys, it was so funny. We just, it's basically us just talking about one of the actors and one of my, I mean, our mutual friend, Andre, who's in her movie. Andre. But I mean, whatever. It turned into like some Andre. bullying sesh of me being in love with him. I told Andre, I was like, oh my God, because we we're both talking about him just as much. And then, yeah. oh my God. It yeah. Was like, yeah, Andre, it's like whatever. Oh God. Yeah. But I played it for him. He thought it was so funny. You played yeah. the whole thing? I did. For him? I mean, over the phone yesterday, I played it for Are him. Are you serious? Yeah, it was just okay. the parts about him. I had like, I scrolled through, like, in the, where we did impressions of him and mm-hmm. there's a drinking game and he thought it was so funny but you were here because 
you are Andre. a badass. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. But I, okay. <laughs> we can if you want to. We no, can. No, no, no. Let's. But, uh, yeah, this is a chance to start. That'll be turn over a new leaf. No, no, that'll be in the uh, in mm-hmm. the. You guys will hear what we're talking about. Okay, we're, we're not going to do. We it go anymore. mental talking about this cute boy, Andre, <laughs> mutual friend, actor, filmmaker, comedian, character player, whatever, uh-huh. character player or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> well, you made a movie called It Happened in L.A. Yeah. Formerly called L.A. Times. We'll yeah. talk about that in a second. Sure. But okay, so you're a writer, a director, an actress. You guys have no idea how uh, well, how much of a badass Michelle Morgan is because you just did. Like you wrote this movie, you found financing for it, you directed it. You and I've seen it, and you made this wonderful, wonderful movie. Aww. To me, it's like reminiscent of like Whit Stillman, who I love a ton, and like. Well, just say Whit Stillman because that seems like the only safe influence well, to mention. I also at this point. that's the funny thing is it's like I do love Woody Allen's work and I do I love do Louis well. C.K.'s work, so it's like weird to like I know, and I still watch Manhattan and Annie Hall Man- and Hannah and her sisters. I know, but uh, but yeah, what's but your your movie I felt was more we talked about this reminiscent, more reminiscent yeah. of of like because I love Metropolitan, a movie by Whit Stillman, and I love Last Days of Disco oh, and so good. Barcelona mm-hmm. and. Uh, but so how did you tell everybody? Okay, so what is the movie about? Just I think that the movie is kind of about um, the state of contemporary relationships and how sort of people's, uh, I guess, I hate the word social media. I don't know why that, I find that word sort of irksome. Yeah, um, how come? Um, I don't know. It just sounds so... Not, not romantic. It sounds so like... Ugh, like the yeah. social media. Social media. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the media part of it. I don't mind the word social, but yeah. perhaps it's the media. Um, I feel like, yes, it, it's it's kind of an examination of relationships today and how, for lack of a better term, social media affects that. And it affects... it. I think that um, what people are presenting fucks with your head. You know what I mean? Because you know that the post, the photos they're posting um, are not truly representative of how they feel all the time. Yeah. But um, nobody wants to post a photo, you I'm know. Like sulking in yeah, a corner and binge like, eating. Yeah, bin- <laughs> yeah, binge eating, like, you know, plucking like a hair off of their face. Or, or bikini or line. Totally. Bikini. Yeah. I can't believe you just said that. That's Feeling, should- <laughs> you know, like getting their period, having yeah. diarrhea. Ew. I don't do that. You don't do that either. We've had that no, so No, never. I don't so even have shot. that hole. I know. No. We're women. No, no, how no, dare no, you no. guys uh, thinking out of us? Uh, foul. Um, But yeah, no. So um, it, yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, it's a satire about that kind of thing. Um, It's a, I think it's a, it's intended to be a fun sort of satirical jaunt into what relationships are like. And um, I guess specifically in Los Angeles, but I feel like there are a lot of themes that are relatable to people of all ages and um, in all locations. And it's who's in it? Dree Hemingway? Dree Hemingway, Yorma Tacone. Actually, I know Yorma, you know, pretty well. And I actually forget. I, is it Tacone or is it Tacone? I don't know. I know it's Yorma. Aristotle? Okay, Yorma. Anyways, so I'll funny. just say Yorma. I'll just say Lonely Islands, Yorma Tacconi. He's so great. He's so adorable and Kentucky. so wonderful. Kentucker Audley, who is um, so swoony. And yeah. I feel like if you ever get a chance to have Kentucker on your show, you absolutely should. Oh, God, yeah. Um, he lives in Brooklyn, though. Oh, but um, get there. he's a. Uh, he's really. He's a fascinating guy. Oh, how tall is he? Um. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like 
five. He's married. Oh, well, um, I just like to know how tall he is. Um, I feel like I don't know, maybe like five eight. Five eight. If right. I had to guess, there goes that fantasy. But I'm, just d- kidding. But I'm married or not? Just yeah, kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I love you, Kentucker. I love you. Yeah. Um, no. It's, okay, Kentucker. Oh wait, does he have the company Movies? Yes. Movies. Oh movies. Do you oh, have a Movies hat? I have a Movies brand hat. Yes. Yeah. I move, oh my god, I love this hat. When my friends got yeah. it for me, surprised me. And movies. Like, yeah. Okay. This is a perfect hat. Thank you, Kentucker. I love you, Kentucker. Yeah. We love you. We love you. Um. Anyways, Kentucker Audley, who's amazing. Um, Andre Highland. Andre Highland. He's so cute and funny, and we love, and you'll hear all about it, and we'll go off on him. And, I don't and know. It's like, it's like some kind of like, I don't know. It's like Andre shit. That's like an Andre impression. That's our impression of Andre. It's so funny. And then he listened to my impression of him. Oh, you guys will hear this in a minute. Sorry. I didn't mean to like harp on this. But when I was like, my impression of Andre is, hey, guys, I'm Andre. <laughs> And then I played that for Andre, and he was just like... He has, like, a special, like, softer side for you, Alexi. Okay, anyway. Because, um, like, I don't know, it was like, I don't know, it was like some donuts or something. That's, like, my impression of I see, Andre. we say all the shit that's going to be played later, so <laughs> we, could, we could just relive it now, which I totally want to. It's just fun. No, we but, can relive it. Okay, okay, well, anyway, so who, Dree, anyone else? Um, okay, so Drew You star in it. You were me. the star of it. Yeah. Who else? Um... I'm so bad when... Oh, Adam Shapiro. Oh, he's so great. Oh, my God. How oh, I great. shot something with him one time. He's, he's the funny. best. Yeah. Okay, this hot little number who is so fucking talented. You can watch her on The Deuce right now. Margarita Leviva. Oh, who does she play? She plays like... The prostitute? Yes. Oh. She plays... Um, she's like... I feel like she's kind of like she's the female lead now. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's like the really hot college co-ed that like... Decides not to go to class anymore. Oh, PJ Ransone is in it. And PJ Ransone and Angela Trimber. Angela Trimber! Fucking Trimber. I love her. She's amazing. Oh my God, yeah. I know. It's the greatest cast. Who else? PJ Ransone makes a little cameo. When who is he in the apartment with? When he's oh, and also Norza Hetner, who's amazing. Oh, yeah. What a babe. Oh my she's God. She's so gorgeous. She's one of my best friends and yeah. she's also super talented. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. So, all right. And then to be specific. Yeah. Since I saw the movie, so if I were to tell people, it's about a a girl who's in a kind of like disenchanted in her relationship. Yes. She feels a bit unfulfilled, played by you. Like, what's your character's name? Annette. Annette. So you're with your boyfriend. Wait, and your boyfriend is, uh, what's his name? Yorma. Yorma. What a babe. How tall is he? I know he's married to a great filmmaker. He has been married for a I know, long I just, time. I like to know he's heights. Like, I just like to know heights. I'm not, I'm, you know. How tall are you? 5'11". That's why I always ask how tall men are. Because when in movies, I'm like, oh, they're all 6'3". And then in the real world, they're like 5'2". So I always like to ask. I saw someone the other day, and I was like, that person is so much taller than I thought they were. Yeah, that's refreshing. It's usually much... I feel like Liam Neeson is really tall. Yeah. He seems like he's really tall. We'll get him on the pod to talk about it. Sure, one day, um, right? One day. Um, Okay. Oh, wait. So you're disenchanted in your relationship. And just so you know, I'm pretty sure the tallest guy who was in my movie was probably Adam Shapiro. And oh, I yeah. don't know how tall he is. Oh, he's my height because we worked on something Yeah, together he's probably the tallest. Yeah. Um, but you guys break up and mm-hmm. then you, you guys both go have I, your own adventures. And yes. I um, Basically, I'm kind of a dissatisfied character in general. Yeah. But um, uh, that's okay because that works for me and that works for him. But it's only when I'm faced with the image of a pseudo-happy couple that like that is rubbing their excessive happiness in my face. Oh, yeah. Does it really sort of... It's like the, the straw that broke the camel's back where I'm just like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I, yeah. I, I can, I'm sure that there is a greater happiness out there and I will find it. And then who do you have? I'm not, I'm a spoiler alert. Am I spoiling everything? But like who, no. who do you have a, oh, who do you go on a date with? I, who do I romance? over? Yeah. 
Just this guy called Robert Schwartzman. Oh, Robert Schwartzman. How do we leave him out of the list of people? I know, Jesus I Christ, know. you guys. Because we can't oh, yeah. spoil everything. Well, I mean, we're just giving out the cast names. Just yeah. get excited for this movie. It's about a, the, the, a guy and a girl. They uh, they break up. They go on their own paths. And then uh, what happens? Oh, and then your best friend is Dree Hemingway. My best friend is Dree Hemingway. She oh, has her own she, life. She's kind of obsessed with this guy. She's an interior decorator. And um, one of her clients is kind of doing a mind fuck on her. An older man. An older man by the name of... Tate Donovan. Oh yeah, thank you. We're getting all the names out now. Love yes, potion number nine. Incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, so sh- it's yeah, it's you know what, and it, it's a bunch of young people living in Los Angeles, yes. having their dalliances, rendezvous, Thinking, yes. figuring out who they are, what works yeah. for them, what they want for themselves. Is the grass really greener? Is the grass really greener? Also, and it's, yeah, do we really need grass? Do we need grass? But you just got to figure out what uh, you know what, what's right for you. Cement, grass, yes, uh, you know, yeah. linoleum. And you know, I exactly. Know. No, yeah. I mean gravel. Gravel. Um, you can have some. Beautiful outdoor sculptures. What do you, whatever you need. Whatever it's about, what works for you, not what you think you're supposed to have. Or exactly. Um, That's what it's all about nowadays. When did you write this movie, and why did you write it? Were you single when you wrote it? Or were you in your relationship? No, like, why I, this story? How did this come out of you? When what was going on? Like, um. Well, I think. Okay, so I, I wrote the movie about like, I would say at this point probably four years ago, um, and I guess the impetus behind the movie was just, yeah, it was I. I, I like I said, I, I grew up loving Woody Allen and loving Whit Stillman, and I knew going in that I was going to have to make a very contained sort of film. Um, and uh, wait, why? Just because budget wise, yeah, budget wise, I wasn't going to have a lot of money. And I think we've discussed this before, but conversational comedy is cheap. Oh yeah, totally. conversations are yeah. cheap. Um, and uh, so that is uh, that's what the movie's about is you know conversations, feelings. Um, yeah. yeah, feelings. And uh, the the world that I sort of chose to explore was stuff that was kind of you know swishing around in my mind, being a woman in her thirties, and it, it it's very unfortunate for us because. Don't lump me into this. What, what's happening? Are what's you not a woman? Are I'm a woman, not, but what's unfortunate for woman? us? I am, but what's unfortunate? Um, I'm just fucking with you. What's what unfortunate yeah. is that we don't have an infinite amount of time to figure out if we're with the right person. Oh, because a baby is an aging yeah. having a child and like because our face is falling apart. Exactly. Ugh. And so you can yeah. spend like all of your 20s oh working on your career, oh no. trying to get it going. And then suddenly in your 30s, there's like this, you know, timer that goes off where you're just like, I don't know. Like, what's going on? Are you with the right person? If you are with the right person, like, should you have kids with you? And, like, I think that um, especially this town is kind of, like, a pressure cooker because everything is so much more heightened because everyone's so obsessed with their accomplishments and are they thin enough? Are they young enough? Do they look fresh enough? And um, yeah. you and it's just a tough place, I think, to meet a guy. And um, I saw that you know it's it's all stuff that I lived and conversations that I had with my friends, both men and women, that sort of served as fodder for the film. Were you and you were already in your relationship and you wrote it? Yes. Oh wow! And like yeah. and. Uh, and how did you meet? How did you meet your boyfriend? Um, I actually met him online. You did? I did. Wait, uh, on like Tinder, or okay, Cupid, or I don't want to talk about. Oh, it. They, there you go. That's that's, that's <laughs> all. We have. That's perfect. I always tell my guests, like, if you don't want to answer something, don't. Um, I think that's important though. When you have like a relationship, you've got to like protect it. So that's a smart thing to I do. Mean, Some people love talking about all this stuff. No, no, I'm, I'm yeah, saying yeah, because yeah. I do that with myself too. Like where, I, where people think I reveal everything on this thing, and then I'm very open, and I am. 
sometimes I'm very yeah. open about certain things, but other times I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. And yeah. Like, and, uh, and that surprises people because they're like, what? I thought you told, but that's like this wonderful balance where you think yeah. you're, I don't know, whatever. But, uh, yeah. but, um, I have to leave something a mystery. Of course. And keep it for you to protect it because it's like, and then, because if you expose stuff, you leave it open to be, it's like you invite other people into it. Yeah. But, and, and then, although I, I mean, it. I don't know, Alexei, I don't know how many people even care. I mean, but <laughs> about, my, about this in my life, but like, but, uh, but it's nice you have, you met somebody and then you care about yeah. them and you feel cozy and you feel like, especially in a town where it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like, Oh God, I don't like to subscribe to that idea. Like I try to like not, maybe I just try to like tap into like mas- my masculinity or something, even though I'm very feminine, but I feel like I don't, I don't like to buy into all that stuff. It, like about like the aging out of having a baby. I try to make myself okay with like, yeah. if I'm not with someone, it's okay. And I have all these it's, things I want to do and I, I'm dating and I'm having like weird yeah. adventures and go, but it, but that is a real thing. And that's good for people. To, I'm excited for like girls to listen to this. Cause I like talking about like yeah. you making a movie, but also finding the balance of like being a woman, caring about your career, but also having this like, Unf- yeah, a ticking yeah. thing. And even if you don't want to buy into it, some people do buy into it. And it is like a physical thing where it's like you can't have, it's so much harder to have babies after a certain point. You've got to make a decision. So it's so irritating. It's, it's, it's just really unfair, yeah. is, I think for lack of a better word. But I mean, so many things in, in life are unfair. Yeah. That there's no point to really even, I think, bring that word out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 um, I just feel like it's, it puts pressure on things that shouldn't have that much pressure on them. I yeah. mean, if you're thinking about being alive until you're in your mid eighties yeah. or longer, hopefully, yeah. um, why should you have to make all these big decisions when you're still like a baby? I know. Because when you think about it, being in your 20s and your 30s is like... I'm still figuring it out. My yes. frontal lobe just formed. Yeah. I'm like yeah. only liking myself now exactly. for the first time where I'm like, you know... Exactly. Yeah. We're still in our infancy. And like, mm. I, I think this should be a really safe, freewheeling sort of time still. And it's unfortunate that it it... It, I think it's sometimes like your 30s especially have sort of a pejorative connotation okay. for women. And Just imagine 40s and 50s. How are we supposed to feel about those? God, we don't talk about I can't them. Yeah. I, have, I have so many friends in their 40s and 50s who are, seems a lot happier. Um, they say they get I better. I think that it's maybe you like cross, you like push through and you're just like... You push through. You push through and you go, well, I okay. I don't think so. I know so many women <laughs> who are like in their 50s and they're so happy. They've got boyfriends. It's true. I mean, like, the women, all the women, all the actresses that I sort of like crush on, yeah. I don't, there aren't any young ones that I'm really obsessed with. When I yeah. think about the women that I'm like, who, are you obs- oh who do you love? Okay, who do I love? Yeah. Um, I love Julianne Moore. Yeah. Um, I love, um, why am I, whenever I think of this question, I always am like blanking on everyone's names. Yeah. Um, I love uh, Amy Adams. Yeah. Um, I love, of course, why am I not thinking of her name? Oh, it's okay. You'll remember. Blue Jasmine. Oh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. For some reason, in my mind, when I think of her, I always want to call her Catherine. And I'm like, that's not her name. Marianne Cotillard. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Yeah. I mean, there's so many women. And there's not to say that I don't like actresses that are younger. I really love Kirsten Dunst. Um, Yeah. What were you an actress before? Like, what were you doing before you wrote this movie? Did you made other what was things? I doing before no, but I, I mean, like, you know, like, like when you were like in high school and you started, it was like, I'm acting and I'm an actress, well, and then you decided to write. Like, how did you yeah, get to this? No, okay, so 
I was not a great student in high school. Me neither. Um, I was really bad. Did you go to class all the time? No, I didn't, did I, didn't, I. I didn't love ditching though because then I felt like disappointed in myself yeah. being like, what? At least I would have had some structure if I stayed at school. What am I doing? Like, yeah. But uh, I went to, and I went to LA County High School for the Arts. I don't know where you went, but uh, like I went to Loxa in LA, but uh, like whatever. And even an art school was still, I was still like, like not, I did, oh wow. I think it did save me. I was at Van Nuys High School in the magnet mm-hmm. program and then I went, I hate this. I'm going to drop out yeah. if I stay here. And then I auditioned for, like like the movie Fame or something. I auditioned for <laughs> Loxa and I was like, this is incredible. And, like, what was your special what was I guess your do you have to have like a focus yeah like I, I was a theater student we had to wear like all black and like and I had like an affair with my French like my <gasps> French theater teacher like or he, we were always just like flirting and then finally like towards the last day of school like we made out and then I was like repulsed by him being like you're disgusting how old, how old was he he must have been in his 30s but he was such a babe he but, was like, in his 30s and you were like 17 and I was just like yeah and I was like I flirted with him and I messed with his mind so intensely just to keep me hooked into coming to school every day because I was like so excited to like (laughs) mess with them. But all my friends, all my friends are the, the, the visual arts kids Uh because I thought they were so neat and they're like crust punks and emo and cuter and Josh Groban was at my school and Taron, Taron, wait, Taron Killam. Yes. He's a really nice guy. He is such a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah, He was a really nice guy. He was in my class and like, yeah, it was just funny, but, uh. But that's right. But you went to high school here. I went to high I? school here. Um, you don't have to say where. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. Okay, I'll keep yeah, some things. Yeah, keep some things for yourself. Sure. I went to high school in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, I I think yeah. I talked about it a little bit in the first twenty minutes of our podcast. I was so short, but now we're getting yeah. But into, no, I the don't. Depths of you. I yeah. hated school. Um, I felt guilty that I that I wasn't there was a part of me that felt guilty that I wasn't good at conforming to sort of like the group yeah um but I I had a hard time being in a group and and sort of like saying and doing all the things in high school that that I guess were cool and accepted I wasn't great at that like hacky sack Hacky sack was more of like an alternative yeah. thing at my at my school. There yeah. were like we called them tree people. Oh my god, it's so funny. Did you have tree people too? I wasn't a tree person. I don't know if we had tree people, but I definitely had some. Do you I, know what that is? I don't. What's a tree person? Well, we call them the tree people. Oh, because they were just into they, hacking. No, they were kind of like goths and hacky sackers, and they hacky hung out. And they hung out near like this sort of bushy tree area. They didn't go into like <gasps> the normal quad oh, or god. the um. Or the indoor cafeteria part, they just sort of did their own thing in the tree, the area? bushy tree the area, the general bushy tree area. Yeah. That's, that's like the scene in Clueless where she's like the yeah. You know, it, oh my god, exactly. What, what's the and line? My high school was kind of like Clueless. What is that? What's the line where she's like the so and so burnouts? The, the, the burnouts like hang over there on that grassy Those knoll are the or something. People that listen to. I don't, Red Hot I don't Chili really peppers? remember. I don't no, know. Like Enya or something. Enya. Um, yeah. My, yeah. No. So anyways, and you know what? I kind of, looking back, I should have auditioned every single area of the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. And, and really like got a feel for it because I was really <laughs> curious about the different areas. But I, you know, I had sort of like. I don't know. I, I like wore my little wet seal dresses and like oh, I was cute. just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to kind of stick to my area, but I don't really feel at home here. Yeah. And I don't really like these people. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I feel totally at home in this dress either, but it just seems like this is the path of least resistance for me right now. Um, 
But, uh, yeah. So, anyways, but I would get in trouble a lot in school. I was well, constantly in trouble. Were you smoking? Were you doing drugs? No, I was not a delinquent. I was, I was very, well, it was very outspoken, and I would, like, tell teachers to sort of, like, um, oh boy. I guess for lack of a better word, fuck off. Really? Yeah, because I, I, I've always been really angered by injustice. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like the way, there was this one math teacher in particular, and I didn't like the way she was treating everybody and people would, were always complaining and she wouldn't, she wouldn't like pause to explain things. She wouldn't take questions Ugh. and then she just toss out these quizzes and people weren't doing well and they were like, it's really hard to understand how this formula works and this and that and she'd be like, well, maybe if you read and she just would really, <laughs> she was just awful and everybody kind of was silently complaining and then one day I was like, why do you to be such a bitch all the time. I love it. And, oh my god. Um, yeah, she was just like, "You can get the fuck out of my classroom and never come back." And I was like, "Thanks, great. That's the best thing I've heard like in my entire life." Yeah. So I, you know, would get sent down to the principal's office, and they would be like, "Okay, well, I guess we'll just give you study hall." And I, I mean, I did like the Saturday work programs, like the Breakfast Club thing. I was just yeah. So, um, yeah. Did you? I they probably the didn't day. have that there at your I school. Oh, they didn't. Not at Locks, I don't think. Yeah, no, but. I had, I did that. I did a lot of garbage duty. You did? In high school. Yeah, there were, um, there were these freshmen, because I feel like it was like junior, senior year. I, my GPA was not doing great for aforementioned reasons. Did you go to college? Um, yes, what I college? did. I went to Cal State Northridge. Oh, well, okay. Because, um, yes, also for aforementioned reasons. I really wanted to go to USC film school, but yeah. I didn't have the academics to You're get doing in. Cool Shit, so who cares? Um, yeah, no, awesome. as, out to me. I'm yeah. I'm very proud of my Cal State Northridge roots. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah, I did a lot of like garbage duty. I did Jesus. a lot of Saturday work program. No, it was cool. Looking back, I Sounds like ba- yeah, very yeah, cool. No, I uh I think um I, I don't know. I, I yeah. Well, oh my god, I used to like remember I, I I all I really cared about in school when I went to Van Nuys High School, I cared about boys, which sure. has not changed. And I would play hacky sack. Just oh, because at the time, like my obsession was like boys and picking out outfits yeah. in high school, and I make like lists of like every single day during the week, like like I just plan out my 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 outfits for the week, and then I was like, where did you shop? What was your favorite? Well, spot? I think like thrift stores and like I don't know Urban Outfitters. I go to Urban Outfitters, but like I just okay. loved like thrifting, and then I played hacky sack with I, I played. I didn't even like hacky sack, but I bought a hacky sack with my best friend Alana because we wanted to stand near the cool, cute. Sure, guys they had long hair. They had long hair. Yeah. They looked like Kurt Cobain, and I wanted, yeah. and so we would play hacky sack with each other, like oh. losers, next to the group of boys playing hacky sack, just hoping that they would be like, "Hey, come play hacky sack with us." Like anyway, so that was like humiliating. Did they but, ever uh, take the bait? I think they did take the bait. I think at some point they did take the bait. But anyway, I don't know. I'm rambling, but uh, I no, I remember. I remember. That, and it was like in our school it was like a combo of like the skater like a lot of times skater and hacky sack overlapped oh skaters and hacky sack I never liked skaters though yeah I'm j- I wasn't I mean listen me and you both grew up in Southern California like that is not my type of guy yeah I'm not in why is that because I don't like skaters but so many people do um I just think they look they're crusty and dirty and I yeah. feel like they're not gonna make me feel safe that's what I feel like yeah they just feel like I don't know for me it was that feeling of like they j- I don't I don't really know how to explain it. They just seemed a little bit um they were very cool and I like I, I you know, I wasn't like super smooth all the time in high school. Yeah. But I'm super smooth now. You're so smooth. I, I don't, You're so smooth. I don't know. Um 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't, I was kind of scared of, I was, I oh, think yeah. I was like kind of scared of boys a little bit. You were? Yeah. And uh, when I was younger, I was never afraid to talk to people, but um, intimacy with a boy when I was younger, yeah. when I was like in high school, really gave me a nervous stomach. Yeah. It terrified me too. Yes. It really, it really, um, it really scared me. Wait, so when you graduated school, were you, and mm-hmm. you started acting or what happened? Like, no. I want to know how you got to like, okay, so you basically, directed a movie, you wrote and directed a movie that you started and that's huge. Like, how did you get to that? Like, okay. So I always loved writing. Um, and I think that that is always sort of the direction I was moving in. I did want to go to film school. I didn't get into USC because I never did my homework and I didn't care. Yeah, me neither. Um, and by the way, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Honest, no, look at you. Yeah. Look at you. You have your own <laughs> podcast. Oh my God. You have your Everybody own... has a podcast. But yeah. I don't have one. You're sweet. You'll have one next. That's, that's, I mean, that's after this. I don't you know. You don't even want one. Anyways, yeah. we have your own room. Oh no, I feel good. Yeah, but I didn't. I'm just saying I didn't you go have to college. like... Like what I, is this called? Like uh, egg, egg foam. Egg, egg foam. On what the- is this for Aristotle for uh, acoustics? Just acoustics. But this uh, is really, yeah. Anyway, so did you start acting when you graduated so, college? Um, I no. I I mean, like in school, I did plays. Um, I was Lucy, and you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Okay. Um, which I feel like is it, like looking back, it makes more sense than I thought it did. Oh, really? Time. Yeah. I don't even know I what that means. So have you ever seen your good man, Charlie Brown? I think so. I, maybe a long time ago. But Lucy's, what's your character like? Lucy's kind of similar to my character in uh, It Happened in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of. She's just kind of like a pill. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I think I always gravitated towards like a little bit of a difficult character. How come? Why is that? Um, is that how you are in real life or no? You seem so uh, lovely and sweet. and. Um, I think that, I don't know, difficult characters are more fun to play. I bet. Oh, yeah, and they have s- all the best lines. Yeah. And you can yeah. step out of your comfort zone. If you are lovely and sweet in real life, you can be like, oh, I can like be this yeah. way. And this, yeah. I mean, but. I think I'm pretty outspoken in real life um but no i i i think that the character that's the most unhinged is obviously the most fun character yeah um and uh so i i did that i went to college i focused on screenwriting that was my major um and when i was interning senior year uh at an agency in in, when i was going to college i interned at an agency i interned at gersh oh my how was that um it was kind of silly. Um, I, uh, I mean, it just, you know, I don't think I got that much out of the internship. I was, it was, I was interning in the lit department and I basically just, uh, it was interning for a lit agent who I don't think she's still an agent, but, um, she, it didn't seem like she really wanted to be an agent. It was like kind of someone got her the job or something. And all she wanted me to do was look through the trades and cut out photos of people and then like tape them on this thing tape them on where why it was so she knew who they were like she didn't really know anything about the business but she was a lit agent welcome to hollywood everybody hollywood were men disgusting and rude there or no Uh, especially if you're like young um, gorgeous like babe I I don't nothing stuck out during that particular period like nobody like touched me or anything yeah um Wait, so you're you're there. But- so, anyways, while I was there, I met a manager who would walk by all the time. I would be like, "Hi, 
hi. What was he doing at the hi. agency all the time? He was, because he had clients, clients that were there. Got yeah. it, got it. Okay. And then one day he said, I always see you sitting here. Um, are you an actress? Do you want to be an actress? And I was like, actually, no, you know, I want to be a writer. And he said, well, you should, you know, whatever. And um, I, I think that I always, I mean, I loved performing yeah. and I loved doing that kind of thing, but I, I never considered it as a real career. Really? But you were acting in college? No, I mean, doing, play. yeah, plays and yeah. things like that, but I never thought about it. Like, Taking it outside of school. Well, you know, I, I never, I never sort of, yeah, I, I, I didn't have those aspirations where I was like, I'm, you know, I, I think that this is like a viable real career well, option for me to be. What was the goal in school? Like when To be a screenwriter. Oh, to be a screenwriter. Yeah, that's, oh, that's what so I majored great. in in oh, wow. school. Okay, got it, yeah. Um, and so I graduated from school and um, I was living in Hollywood and that guy ended up becoming my manager. Oh my God. Yeah, and I ended up. Is he still your manager? No. Oh, wow. I don't know what happened to that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I say that in a weird way because like I feel like some weird things happened. But um, really? I don't really know what oh, happened. Boy. Um, but um, I, yeah, so I graduated and uh, I started auditioning and I became a working actress. Yeah. And um, what was your first job? Was it- my first job was, well, actually, the first job I ever had was when I was much younger and I did briefly have an agent wow. um, because my mom was really close friends with someone who had an agency. Wait, and are your parents in the business? or No. No? Uh-uh. No, my parents uh, are do? not in the business. My father's passed away. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's, uh, it was a long time ago, but yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, my father was an engineer oh, wow. and uh, my mom, uh, she doesn't, she's mostly retired now, but she was a real estate agent. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. She's retired? Yeah. Oh, okay. She, and I mean, she's... Is she busy? Is she keeping busy? Oh, just, she keeps very She does? Busy. Okay. Yeah, she goes on more vacations than anyone I know. Wait, do you guys... Do you have siblings? I do. I have a younger sister. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Yeah. That makes me feel like she's okay. I'm just making sure she's okay. Oh, I she's doing better than all of us. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. No, she's... I can... She's having more fun than than me or any of my friends. Well, see, there's an example of somebody who's not in her 30s or exactly. 40s who's yeah. loving life. Yeah, and yeah. she has a really, I mean, she has a really great sort of approach to aging. What is it? Well, she just, you know, because I, I know other people that are her friends and, and things like that, and I'm always like, well, mom, have you ever thought about, you know, doing this or getting this like done or whatever? And yeah. And oh, I love that. I want to talk about that, yeah. And she's like... No, she's like, why am I, why am I trying to look like I'm, you know, she's like, I'm whatever. Yeah. Like I, I'm my age. I don't, I'm not, I don't look like I'm 30. I'm not going to try to look like I'm 30. I'm, yeah. She's like, I'm okay with it. Do you think about that? Cause I, I've been like talking to my friends being like, do I need to get filler? Oh my God. Should I get filler? No, oh God. And Botox. And then don't like, do I, have, it. I haven't done anything yet, but like, and I know you don't is, need this, to do anything. And this is not an atta- All I, you I, need to do. And this is my honest tell me. to God Exfoliate. advice for everybody. No hats and sunscreen. Hats and sunscreen. Because you're very fair and it looks like you already take really good care of your skin but like so. don't smoke yeah don't drink too much what get, do you, do you get, drink i mean i'm not a big drinker and i have never been a smoker yeah um but i have washed my face twice a day minimum since i was like 12 years old and um no smoking you're incredible and yeah. no smoking and no, yeah. no hard drugs no not even psychedelics no i'm that's yeah good. that scares me no oh my god i just did dmt the other day 
Have you heard about I those? don't even know what that is. Me neither. I, I didn't. I mean, I haven't even, yeah, I haven't even read the Louis C.K. article. I don't, oh, I don't know what's going on and oh I don't know God. what DMT is. Oh my God. I just, whatever. It's like this weird, it's like ayahuasca. It's like the drug. You did I, it like a couple days ago? Oh yeah. I did it. Oh, I mean, I, this how is are you okay? I mean, cause I'm okay. Cause it's, it, happened, uh, it goes away that Oh, fast? it lasts for 15 minutes. It's supposed to last it lasts for, three, for 15 minutes. Yeah. It's supposed to last for three days. What drugs are you talking about? No, but okay. Like I've seen documentaries on ayahuasca. Oh, that's yeah. Ayahuasca lasts for like eight eight hours hours of like violent vomiting and like wandering. You know, I don't know. Oh yeah, no DMT is a different thing, and you smoke DMT. Fifteen minutes, huh? Yeah, I did it in and out. I did it twice. The first time I did it was with this kid Hamilton Morris. I always talk about this. It's like me being a dork, being like, I did drugs one time. I'm so cool, which I don't think, but like. But to try this drug is very scary, and it was really scary to me. But I like tried it just because I went, oh, I want to see what for, this is like. So for fifteen minutes, and yeah. after that, it's over. It's over, and it's like it's hard to find DMT though. And then I did it the other day with somebody who's also like super into psychedelics that I really, really trust. That's like a wizard master of all this stuff, and he had this DMT vape pen. Oh gosh! And I, I like don't smoke pot. I don't like pot. Yeah. I don't smoke cigarettes. I drink rosé when I drink. Like uh-huh. I used to drink vodka, but I don't like drinking vodka. It's too hard on the system. Yeah, I don't like vodka. Yeah, I'm gonna like keep everything. Yeah, it's just too too intense. I usually take like an Epsom salt bath a day. Uh-huh. And, like I'm, but uh, I saw on your Instagram you got. Some oh Epsom my god! Salt. I got like ten bags of Epsom salt. I know. I was kind of jealous because I'm really into Target. Epsom salts. All you have to just and then you don't have to carry it and lug it yeah. in your car. You just have it but delivered you have to your house. But you have to carry it inside. No, it, they just put it right in my apartment. Oh, like they did? Much, it was like there and it was like I opened the door and it just okay. fell into my apartment. I was like, this is incredible. But um and it's good because it gets rid of water retention or whatever. But anyway, what was my point here? Oh, but then I got this opportunity to like and I was like, I'm gonna take this opportunity. This person has this weird vape pen, I trust him. Uh-huh. And I and anyway, and then you see all these weird visuals and it was like totally bizarre and interesting. And I thought it was like it was interesting to me. But then I mean, I don't have any desire to do cocaine or any kind yeah. of like, because that stuff is scary. I wish that I wanted to do drugs. Oh, that's good that you don't. I, I wish, usually don't. Yeah. Ever. I I'm wish, usually like you. I wish that there's a lot of things I wish I wanted to do, but I have no desire to oh, yeah. do them. I, I feel that way about certain drugs. Having drugs. Drugs in general. Having children. Oh, you don't want to have children? I don't. And you're think home so. free. Do you know how, how powerful that is? It that's is so, kind of a powerful realization. Yeah. yeah. That, that's why I was saying when I said I had to come to terms where it's like, yeah. if I age out of having kids, I'm okay with that because yeah. that takes my power back of being like, oh God, I've got to like settle for this yeah. bonehead or like, or I'm going to, yeah. Uh, but that's it's awesome. Kind of like dumping someone before they can dump you. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm taking my power fuck back. You. I'm, I'm not going to let you. Yeah. Back. But uh, okay. But back. So exfoliating yeah. hat, sunscreen, oh. no smoking, no drugs. And, uh, and what? be around nice people. Be around nice people. So yeah. you're never, so you're never like, like well, so scowling. you don't have like a, so you're not crying all the time. Oh God. Because Crying isn't good for your eyes. I think it's good for your skin, though. All that salt. It's like Epsom salt, but right out of your you know eye what? funnels. You can make a really nice Epsom salt honey mask, and you can just rub that on. That's and, true. Yeah, you don't need to cry. Crying is not good for anybody. Your eyes get really? puffy. I heard men are allergic to tears. That's what I heard. Men are allergic to tears. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things men are allergic to. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Not every man, though. Some men are. Some men are really fantastic. Some men are fantastic. Yeah. Um, wait, what was I going to say? Oh aging stuff your mom she's happy she's yes. not gonna get anything done but yeah but I talked to my friends about like filler and Botox and everything okay. and, and I'm like but I'm terrified of those things yeah would you and I some guests don't want me to talk about this and again just go like I don't want to talk about it if you yeah. don't want to but it's like what are your you thoughts you can ask on me whatever well, because I have my my girlfriends and some of them are like do you know just you've got to figure out what works yeah. for you what you want to do like what are your thoughts on this like would you ever because I'm 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 talking about this for me that I'm bringing it up because I'm like thinking about getting like 
I nasial, like do like some kind of okay. like filler thing, but I don't want to either. I'm just feeling yeah. like I don't know. So, what are your thoughts on this? Because it's like women will listen to this. And it's like real shit, you know? What, okay, these are my thoughts on it. Um, I I think it's like a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that once you because actually I have. I don't know if you can see it. When I smile, my left eye gets squinty. Okay, do it again. I do too. Mine, mine too. Wait. Do you see? I like. Oh, a, I do too. I do too. Oh my god, mine's my right and yours your left. It's yes. not tat. On yours a teeny bit. I feel like so mine is, is more. No, I, like I feel a lazy like mine. Eye. I feel like mine is so much worse than yours. Yeah, mine does. <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay, so yeah, what's that all about? So once I went to um, a dermatologist. Yeah. And she, you know, it's like in LA, it can be kind of tough. You can go in there and be like, okay, because I, you know, I went in there for like whatever I want, laser on my face to yeah. get like you know broken capillaries or dark spots or something off, Me and too. she's like. Do you know you have a squinty eye? And oh I said, God. Well, I mean, yeah, but it, that's how I was. I mean, it's always been that way. Yeah. And I have noticed in photos, you know, do you see it in photos? I hate smiling and in photos. I, hate it. Yes, I never smile. Like I always have to be like, Okay, so Calm she face. goes, Did you know Botox can fix that? Oh, God. Yeah. It can. I it, bet it can. And it does. Okay. So I have had it done. It's yeah. worn off now. How, um, how and did I have it to get feel? it done again. It how, just doesn't hurt at all. Doesn't hurt at all. And it just keeps no. your eye a little bit and open. And honestly, yes, because of the amount you need, it's like, how much is it? It's not that expensive because you're doing. I have a. I have the person to send you to okay. if you want to know. But they, like, okay, it's okay. like um, they do everything. They do. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I mean, I don't have that, but they do everything. Yeah. Um, they put like a third of a unit or something. Yeah. They can't even put a full unit in because it would go too low. I'm like touching my face. Um, you guys can't but see. when you get it done and. You give it a couple days and then you take a photo of yourself. And it was like, oh my God, I have like, two normal shaped eyes when I smile. Oh my God. And that, once you open that door, yeah, you're like, well, that didn't kill me. I'm like, okay with this. Well, and so then I was like, okay, you know, I have these like little lines up here when I smile Barely. on my left hand side, but I don't have them on my right because faces are not proportionate. But then some, aren't some faces very symmetrical and those people some are supermodels, are. And right? They're supermodels. Those are the supermodels. Well, you know what? I would like to talk about supermodels for a second, if that's okay. We're talking about supermodels now. Super. Supermodels. Exclusive. Um, <laughs> if we had more time, I would say we should play the Jill Sobel song, Supermodel. Ooh. Can you get it up? <laughs> get the song. <laughs> can you get it up? Will you pull it up? He can get it up, but he'll also pull up the song. What's it called? Supermodel? Supermodel. By it was who? in Clueless. Oh, oh, I'm going to know be this, uh, supermodel. supermodel. Are we allowed to use it? We have clearance for that? We do now. Nobody's coming to check no, on my podcast. No, you know what? There's Fuck all it. these rules about music, and yeah. I learned this, and I, I probably shouldn't talk about this, but I learned more. all these m- rules. It's like, you need this and this and this and this to like you need clearances for everything and the truth is unless it's like Star Wars I don't think anybody is coming after you if you're not making a buck off of it Yeah, and if like you're making a buck and they want half a buck then like go fuck themselves because that's not okay but then also you already had you had to change the name of your movie from LA Times to it happened in LA yes. because LA Times were annoyed. Yes. But the LA Times also gave us nice press. So oh, that's I was good. Like, so I was like, you know what? That's nice. I you, you scratch mine, I'll scratch yours. Totally. It's cool. If if like if it yes, if they yeah, whatever. Um okay, but Slippery these, slope, what were you talking about? These what? Okay, so slippery slope and you start so anyways, I had those that little thing up there. And um I said to the doctor, well, you know, this side of my face, like you look at what, you know, can we, what about these wrinkles on the forehead that happen when I smile? It's all about smiling. You're such a baby face. So it's so funny. Oh, yeah, you're so, so, going, going, so are me. you. Okay. Um, Keep and telling me the story. I love this. So 
he said, he said, oh no, it was a different, it was a different person. And she goes, no, you don't need it. Cause it's not bad. And, um, I don't think you'll be happy with the result. But I'm like, what does she know? Oh God. So then I went to someone else and he did it. And then my, uh, it got just like my eyebrow got droopy for like three months. You would not have noticed it. I was the only one who noticed it, but it freaked me out so much yeah. that I was like, okay. And that's that. We're yes. done here. Yeah. Um, but I, I, the squint eye thing, you can do that and nobody, it only good things come from correcting squint eye. Only good things I think. Meanwhile, I'm I'm rubbing. She's my, rubbing. What are you talking about? There's like nothing there. But you know, like when you wear makeup and the makeup will fall into the tiny creases you have. No, like I yeah, face. no, that's never happened. Oh, to whatever. Me but then my girlfriend, my girlfriend the other day, who I never would have thought would yeah. get like filler. You found out. No, she like oh, I'm like foaming at the mouth. Like I gotta talk about filler. <laughs> I gotta I gotta tell you guys what I know. But uh, she comes over to my house and I'm like, God, she looks great. She's so dewy. She looks refreshed. She yeah. looks really rested. She went. She did it. And then she went. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Lexi. Like I. I had some filler done and I was like, what? And I, she where did she have it done? Exactly. We're like, we want names. We want yeah. the price. <laughs> yeah. But she, I can't, I'll get the information. Yeah. But she, <laughs> but, not, but it wasn't like Dr. Jamie or fucking whoever the Kardashians no. go to. As like, a matter of fact, I would advise not people going there? not to do that. What? No, you, know you know what? Nurse Jamie? I don't know who Nurse that's Jamie who, is. Like, that's who like uh, the foster sisters go to and the Kardashians go to them. Like, I mean like, like, but it's like cheaper if you go to a nurse as opposed to like a doctor. Uh, I mean, I don't think you want to, I don't think you want to fuck around with these things, but I'll tell you something the one thing you should look for in a doctor is someone who says no yeah and you should not go to only yes doctors because yes doctors are gonna try and upsell you on everything and you don't need it well i'll go to my gynecologist in beverly hills and they'll and in the office it's like they have like juvederm stuff for yeah, it's I'm not weird even, but for your face there's like you can it's like you can get all the face stuff at any doctor. Oh yeah, at the dentist. You can get Botox. I can't know. What is this all about? It's so bizarre. But she, so she got, she said she goes, she got a little, I don't know what it's called, like how many, whatever. Units. Units. And just a teeny bit and it's just like, plumped it up because what, you know, what happens is you smile so much, your your collagen is, is is breaking down and it's, uh, as you get older and so, it creates like this like, Okay, you know, I have okay. I have some homework for you. Okay, okay. Exfoliate. Mm, I keep saying that. no, 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 no. What I want you to do is I want you to go and look at the actresses in the seventies. Oh, that are in their late twenties and early thirties, and, and I want you lines. to look at how they look. Okay, and they look like real fucking women. Yeah, and they have real faces and real noses, and they're so interesting and they're so beautiful and. They they're human. Well, I love the, Dynasty and Dallas, and I also love all Paul Mazursky <laughs> movies. I love Mazursky, sure, and sure. you look at those faces, and you're like, oh, sure. Even in yeah. the early '80s, you'll get a lot of real faces. Um, I'm doing a lot of cocaine in the '80s, I think. Though, but go on, go yeah, on. Yeah, no, but I mean, you you go and look at what they looked like, and it's so inspiring. And me and I have a, me and my one friend who um, is so beautiful. We we talk about this, and we talk about. Um, like our aging goals, and it's like I'm so bad at remembering names. Okay, um, but oh, an actress. I forget who. It, yeah, I forget who. It, it's an actress who's like in her 60s, and she's French, and she. It's like she has wrinkles, and she has character, and she's stunning. And I, I really think. You know how, like, in movies back in the day, they picture they everything that was the future. Monica Bellucci was that who it was? No, oh. but she looks yeah. really good I mean, that's too. A whole other world. Um, yeah, but in the past, 
everybody always envisioned the future as looking this this certain way. Like it it now the future, the past future looks so dated. I think that people underestimated how nostalgic people would be in the future. Oh wow. And that the future to me looks like the 1900s because I think that there is a certain there's just people are nostalgic yeah um and I kind of think that maybe that's the direction we'll move in with with women's faces hopefully is that they'll be allowed to age again and um they'll you know I definitely since I made a film I I look at things through a different lens yeah Yeah. um but um (laughs) When I think about actresses that I would want to work with, I would want to work with actresses that have real faces, yeah, I mean, that have yeah. real emotion, that have real expressions, and it's harder to find them it nowadays. Is. Like, can we? T- this is like if I was going to pick like something that I really wanted to, to be like an activist about, it would be um, noses. What? Tell me. Because first of all, I love big noses. Oh, me too. I love my I men. think noses are so sexy. I like big noses on every women as well. Yeah. I love noses. Um and exclusive. Yeah, I love, she loves noses. I love a nose. Yeah. I do. Oh my gosh. I think noses are so sexy. <laughs> and um like Adrian Brody has oh, the sexiest nose. My god, I am just so attracted to him in general. And he, also I know, cover, he is very sexy. Cover your ears, Aristotle. Don't look at us when we talk about this, but I also heard, I just feel like men with big noses are just better at doing certain things and also means they have a big private. That's what I've heard. That's what I feel. I don't know. I mean, I don't know uh, that don't know that's like that. a consistent Maybe not, but across Brody, the board. He's so hot. I but said, yeah, yeah, like... Um, Dustin Hoffman, doesn't he have a big nose or no? Yeah, he does. I mean... But go on, sorry. Uh, a young Owen Wilson. Oh God, that his whole face is in- insane. Yeah. And I, I just love him. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that he used more sunscreen. Oh, I'm so bummed out on uh, whatever happened to Vincent. Uh, no, what's that guy from Swingers? The friend Vince Vaughn. That guy's face was so beautiful, and then all of a sudden he's all bloaty <laughs> and he's like aging and bloaty and too much booze. And I'm like, come on, man. I mean, I be don't. Be my fantasy forever. Yeah, Why? be my fantasy forever. And he's a little Toro. All these people just get like all bloaty and like. It's like listen, you know, no. in the defense of everyone over the age of like I'm no thirty seven. No, it's hard to. I think you know. I mean, I like. It's hard not to get bloated in your thirties. No, and they're doing, no they're, Coke is happening. I'm sure. Coke. Here's the thing: is also meatballs and women but and booze. I also think this. I don't know if you like to exercise. Are you an exerciser? What's that? Okay, because no, I, I love long walks. I hate exercising. Me too. I walk, and, and I never exercised at all. And I still like every day. I'm like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to exercise. I'm going to exercise every single day after that, and I'm really going to get it together. And like, I'm going to be in the best shape. Of of my life, but tomorrow it just keeps getting, you know, yeah. put off. But you're so perfect and beautiful. Look at you. Like, um, not to, I'm not objectifying oh gosh, you, but hold no. on. I mean, look, look at these, look at these thighs, these perfect what feet, are you talking your about? arms. You're wearing a shirt that says "Foxy <laughs> Lady." Your boot. I mean, I'm not on my business, but it's like you know. Oh, you're making you're me feel good. For yeah. I'm very, very like. Do you have body body dysmorphia? Because I feel like I'm finally getting over that. Where I'm like, this is it. Like I'm just like, um, I'm, and I'm 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 actually liking myself for the. And it feels so weird. I'm like, this is. Great. What are your tips? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just there's too many things. I'm just like, do I want to worry about this? I can't do it. I you're was right. So intense about you know my what? thighs years ago. Oh my! But you're like a stick. You're so I know, tall. I'm beautiful. How Who's could you have? ever have any no. weird thigh issues? But we're I'm five four. You're five four. Yeah. Oh my god! This is like you're too yeah. cute. And no, is that what a spinner is? What's a spinner? 
I don't even you know, know. You know when like Lady Millionaire Matchmaker says is that? A spinner like is that when you're you're so little you can spin on you're a on top private? of a guy's I guess. junk and you're I, like you can spin a girl because I always hear pa- uh, Patty Stanger from Millionaire Matchmaker on Bravo talking about how like she honestly to, she shouldn't be giving advice to anybody. I know she's, she's got to figure. Do you watch those shows, Real Housewives of? Okay, yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with Real Housewives of New York. Like, Do you watch it? Oh my god! Are okay, you can we talk me? about this it? This is what I want to talk about. Okay, yeah, no, 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 no. I want to talk about <laughs> New York forever. Okay, yes! by the way, all I want in my life, and also, do you know what my other obsession is? Is Southern Charm? Have oh, you seen Southern Charm? I have, and I feel like I saw. Wait, it was Whitney one of the guys? Yeah, right? I think I saw him on Raya. <gasps> oh my gosh! Can you bring Whitney on your oh, show? I should bring Whitney because I he feel lives like, in LA. You know what? He, and if he does, can, can I come and yes, just like? I'm not. Kidding! If you Can want to be do- a sidekick, <gasps> am I one of your? Because I want. Oh have, my god! I love Real Housewives of New York. I love Carol Radziwill. I love Bethany Frankel. That friendship love is wonderful. Carol and Bethany. I mean, love first, it. First, Carol was pretty boring on the show because I felt like, oh, she's I, so cool. But then she's like, no, she's just a voice. She of doesn't reason. give it. She doesn't give a shit. She's, and she's so she stylish. Give a shit. She's, she's so in stylish. Her 50s. I know her. Her boyfriend was really hot. Really, he's on Ryan and a chef. I know my. <laughs> I saw him on Raya, and she was like, I don't think that Carol's with him anymore because he popped up on my Raya. I said that to my friend, too. And, yeah, anyway, oh, my God. But I don't like his voice. I don't know what his voice is oh, like. Oh, it was just kind of too nasally, but whatever. So, yeah, yeah she's on Raya, I love too. it. I love Dorinda. Dorinda, who I gets mean, very I drunk. I love all of them. I really do. I feel like people give Sonia sort of, like, a really hard time, and it's, I don't really understand why. Yeah, I think she's just so fun and loopy, and she's just living her life. She's so true yeah. to herself and silly. And, I agree. Uh, but they're all, that's, that's another thing about... I like those shows because it's this example of women who have led these intense, Doesn't interesting Doesn't it look like the most fun? And they're single. I just want to be, when I'm in my 50s, I want to be on Real Housewives of yes. wherever I'm living. Either yes. LA, I am like, and I, I agree. I'll, I'll tell men I date, I go, okay, but if we ever got serious, would you just be so you know. on Real Housewives yeah. if I have the opportunity to be on that show? Because yeah, like 15 years from now or like 10 years from now, yeah. I think that sounds like a dream. It's like, it's a job. It's a paycheck. Yeah, you get to go to a lot of parties. A lot of parties. Yeah. To throw some fundraiser things yeah, to make you yourself get to feel, look good. Yeah, you get to feel sort of important and validated. Yeah, and, but like... This, this, like the show like it has so much weight it like carries so much weight yeah. in pop culture I love Andy Cohen I've listened to both of his biography uh, yeah. his, his books on whatever anyway but go on yeah. who do you love do you like uh, no, I love, Beverly Hills um, I cannot do Beverly Hills what no Why? I can't do any of them but New York I used to watch Atlanta when it was all about Kim and Nene I love Nene um, but after that after Kim I mean now I'm going to talk about plastic surgery again and can I talk about supermodels yes we never got that song up all right anyway okay it's 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 happening it's really lagging right now I don't know Oh no, we could just do the actual Oh, never song. mind. I'm going to find it. Wait, no, tell me about okay. tell me about Real House. Wait, okay, thank you, Aristotle. Thank Supermodels. You. I'm just going to go on the record, not that anyone cares what I think. They but, do. Um, I don't think it's fair if you're a supermodel and you are 20 years old and you've had plastic surgery. I think that you can't sculpt your re-sculpt your entire face and be a supermodel. I don't think that's fair. Oh, I who think are you that, talking about? I mean, I don't want to name names. Jenner? Kylie Jenner? We're going to talk about... I mean, listen. Bella and... Bella Hadid? Their faces are like that, right? No. Are you kidding me? Do you me? want me to show you some before? I mean, please. Okay, let's bring them up. Oh, wait, hold on. But aren't Gigi and Bella just like that? I think... Are you joking? I mean, I'm really... I don't like to... Mind blown. Okay, I just yeah. have to preface this whole thing by saying I don't like... 
I don't think it's fair to criticize any woman or person for their appearance because for the most part, you have no control over your genes. And not for the most part, 100%. You have no control over what you're born into, what size you're going to be, what color hair you're going to have. Like you don't have control over that. Yeah. Okay. Um, And everybody should, you know, feel good and be kind to themselves and everybody should be happy and proud of the way they look. Yeah. Okay. Um, The reason why I don't agree with them altering their entire face is because what it's doing is it's sending this message that unless you conform to like this certain ideal that you're not beautiful and that's not really what they look like. Yeah. And I'm just going to show you one picture. Okay. I know. I'm so naive. Like, my girlfriends will tell me that people who have plastic surgery, I'll go, no way. And then, you know, I have one friend who gets so much stuff under her face, and she's only just turned 30, and she's already worried because, like, her face is, like, not taking to the chubiderm well, yeah, anymore. And it's, it's like, tough. Okay, so here's our before and after, and it's going to blow your mind, I think. Oh, boy. A little bit. Also, like, Kylie Jenner... And Kendall, I mean, this is better. They've gone their own separate way. You shouldn't be having. You shouldn't. I just think it's cheating. I really just think that. And you know what? If you want to do it, it's totally fine. But don't present it like you've never had it done. That's my issue with it. Is it's like that's not really what you. That's not really what you look like. And so. here we go. I just don't want any guy I'm dating liking uh, Emrata's photos. <laughs> um, look at the bottom one. Whoa. Oh, wait. Are you sure she said, oh, my God. I yeah. can't even tell what the... G- I'm looking at Gigi before and after and Bella before and yeah. after. Oh, so Bella had a nose job. They all have nose jobs. Did you know that every single person has had a nose job? Not me. Not you, but I'm saying Jesus. men and women, like everyone in Hollywood has have a you nose had one? job. No. Not my business. But. No, look, I have a very, actually, my nose is quite crooked. Um, You're so no, cute. It is. We do have to talk about your movie too, but I do like I all do. this stuff. But um, no, I just really have a, an issue with it yeah. because I think that Ugh. what it does is women, me, uh, this is me even selfishly being like, I like looking at these photos anymore because it's making my face look really fucked up when I compare it to all this plastic surgery. And I can only imagine what it's like to be like 14 and to be looking at them and in like teen vogue and being like, well, I don't look like that. And it's like, well, fuck, nobody looks like that. Only rich people look like that because they're the only ones who can afford afford to go to that surgeon and do that thing. I just don't think that it's cool. The message should be like, I'm all about having your best body, your best hair, your best self, your best skin, but getting your face re-sculpted and pretending like it's your normal face that you were born with and it was just naturally that symmetrical and perfect, yeah. that's not that's not a good message to be sending out into into the minds of young women. But isn't it their choice? So It's so confusing because if I were them... It's their choice and like honestly... They can handle how they want to, but it, but it is like, I know there's so many... But that's so my famous. thing. Yeah. I'm fine with them doing it, what I'm not fine with is that they're supermodels, yeah, and that somebody's be like Christy Turlington, like that was just that, she was born that she's way. She's born that way. Yeah, she's okay, still a she's, she's still a babe. are you kidding me? She's gorgeous. Yeah, and that's another example of somebody who's not 25, who's like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was just looking around, and the other day. Yeah. I don't mean to like, you know, shit on all these you're women. Not, you're not. You're just talking but about. But what shit. I'm saying is like, I just I think that we have. 
I don't think it's good. Like if you're like, I don't think there's any difference between that and, and women binding their feet, like oh, concubines yeah. binding their feet. Like how is it really different? I should have done that when I was younger. My feet are size 11. Your feet are glorious. I, I should have had somebody do that to my feet. I always make like, shut up, Alexi. Oh God, I remember. Oh God. I don't know. Shut I, up. I used to be so okay. Like, you're, oh, you're like a model. Yeah. I'm like a you're model. tall and <laughs> beautiful and you have beautiful hair. Oh God. And I'm growing out my bangs. It's so funny. I chose my 30s to grow out my bangs. I could have like, I should have started having bangs when I'm in my, my 30s so I could cover all that shit up. But now I'm like, I want people to see my forehead. You have great skin. Why I, not? This is just, this is all I wanted to talk about on the podcast. But wait, hold on. It's Got to get back to you. We Got to get people seeing your movie, watching yeah. it. Um, <laughs> if you like to laugh, if you like uh, well-written things and uh, If you like conversational comedy. If you like conversational yeah. comedy, great stories, wonderful performances. If you uh, want to support like an actor that doesn't have a nose job. If you want to support an actor that doesn't have a nose job, see, it happened in L.A. Okay, so you're making the movie, right? So you write this movie. Yeah. Now, were you auditioning? And for things as an actress, this is the song. No, I was like, what was okay, happening? so I'll just give you. Okay, so anyways, yeah. I graduated. I was working actress. Um, you leave Gersh, you get the manager. He's gone too now. You're it, working as an actress. I was working actress. Then things get really sad. Oh God! Oh, because no. my father got really sick, and oh. um, he ended up passing away. And um, after that, I went through like a really sort of dark phase of anxiety, and I found that I couldn't really audition because I was having such bad anxiety attacks. And so instead I was like, you know, what? I don't even really want to do this. What I really have always wanted to do was be a writer. And, um, for some reason acting was not, I didn't feel vulnerable at all auditioning or acting or anything like that, but sharing my, my writing with people was very, anxiety inducing because I was like what if people don't like it you know whatever the acting thing for whatever reason I was just like but you stopped acting and auditioning because you had anxiety about it but then you had more anxiety about the writing well I'd always had anxiety about sharing my writing but I was having such bad anxiety attacks and I I was like you know what I want to focus on writing and like fuck it and um, when I was in my early 20s I was dating a writer who was pretty successful and um, I got to see sort of like firsthand, I guess, I I was like, well, gosh, you know, if he could do this, it kind of gave me, it made me realize like, okay, I I could maybe put my stuff out there. Isn't that interesting? I've done that too, where I've dated men because I've I've been attracted to them and fascinated by them, but I also was like, I wanted to kind of like, I was inspired by their greatness because yeah. it made me go, I, you get insight into it and you're like, this gives me permission to do it well, too. Also, and, yeah, once you see somebody doing something that sort of intimidated you, yeah. you go, oh, okay. It, it kind of this. like demystifies it and you're like, oh, it's really not that complicated. Yeah. The same thing ended up happening with directing for me. So um, after... Who was this guy? None uh, of my business. I mean... Exclude, Aaron Sorkin. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, it was somebody... It was somebody... Um, it was somebody Write it down. who I feel weird me. because I'm actually I know I'm like that's no. I'm like that's my ex boyfriend I can't believe no, it no 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 we're not gonna tell some of your down. business you guys is, how dare you um oh my goodness I'm gonna get the inside scoop and it's none of your business everybody oh my goodness what a babe right you know none of my business yes guys. he okay. was very yeah I, I don't know you know what it it's one of those things you know how like if somebody um. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't really want to get into it. Something that happened so long ago, but like it was right after my dad died. And um, he kind of dumped me in this very, very 
inhumane way. Yeah. And um, keep in mind, you're not saying the names. So you're not adding anybody and nobody no, listening not, has any clue what you're yeah. saying. We're talking around something that happened. Yeah, he did something. It was like, actually, you know, I mean, I had been dating for quite a while and it was actually, yeah, it was, I mean, obviously I'm over it and I don't care, but um, only when I think back to that time and I was like, oh gosh, like he really kind of broke my heart. And we only dated for a couple months. That can, that's happened to me before where like, I mean, I'll say it like, yeah, whatever. Like, I've had moments with people. Yeah. Where I'm like, I couldn't believe it. How like how yeah. how intensely, even a two month, three month thing, you feel like the rug's been pulled out from under you, and you go, wow, I can't believe like that really hurt my feelings. I think that strangely, those short relationships can cause greater sort of distress than a long-term relationship because in a long-term relationship, you actually get to see how it plays out. You yeah. get to you get to have the highs and the lows and you get the sort of like overall opinion of it. And then when it's over, you can be like, yeah, it's better that it's over. But when it's such a, when the, when the relationship is in its infancy and it has so much promise and you're still in that good part, it's like waking up in the middle of REM sleep. Yeah. Like you're all fucked up. This is actually, there's a quote in Vicky Christ, Christina Barcelona, which is one of my favorite movies where it's like, they're talking about how like romantic love is, something about how romantic love is sadder because it's, you, you romanticize love that didn't play out. Yeah. As well, opposed it's to like, things you actually have because yeah, you, you got to you're see it. mourning you're mourning the loss of of possibility yeah. of what could have been which is nobody nobody can ever know most likely it would have been terrible um and uh you know but of course you always have like that sliding doors moment where you're like what could it what, have been where would i be sitting here and then i got bitter for a second that happened to me a few times where i felt like oh my god these two monthers i had like three two yeah. or three monthers in a row and i went Never mind. And I just didn't. It made me feel so like to like, turn off to people, or or I don't know. Anyway, but um, and it can it's, affect I mean, you. it's it's hard. And this town is going back to it happened in L.A. It's yeah. a really really hard town to date in because in most places you're not dating somebody who is constantly meeting tons of models that are like 24 auditioning these gorgeous actresses and doing all this stuff. Like yeah. you're, it's a normal guy who like, okay, maybe, you know, he might meet someone at TGA Fridays, yeah. like, but the odds are, and they want to get married and they're yeah. real basic and normal middle yeah, America. They're but yeah. normal. But here, here in New York or London or Paris, oh my it's God. like, everyone glamorous. does. Yeah. Everyone does Pilates. Everybody does Pilates. Everybody's gorgeous. Everybody's yeah. like newer, younger, cuter, yeah. like hot. Who's like, yeah. Yeah, and everybody's looking yeah. over their shoulder for the next best thing. It is it is a lot. And then also people are so career-oriented or they yeah. go like, oh, I've got to like keep you at bay because I've got to focus on my career and this is top yeah. priority. And You're, you're anyway. somehow always expected to be like super rich and successful and, and where do you work out? And yeah. and just all of this and, and perfect without ever having work done. Yeah. And there's just so much shame and so much frustration and like um, – I, I just have to give a little shout out to my boyfriend who like oh my goodness is so wonderful and supportive and like he just it it doesn't matter he is he loves me he and loves you yeah yeah so it does exist so even in Los Angeles in a city like Los Angeles you can find love yes so but it doesn't it isn't always this like mushy romantic thing where you know like you're you make out before you have sex yeah a I, lot of times that's, I want that though yeah but go on a, a lot, lot of times, times you just have sex and you don't make out at all yeah you just. Yeah. Have sex. And I love that example. It's yeah. fast and it's efficient. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, we've <laughs> done it. Um, and uh, yeah. it's true though. How many people, I mean, gosh, when you've been together for that long, like yeah. 
really? Are you are you having a lot of like, you know, caressing and foreplay? Maybe that's and why like, I love being single now because it's like I can yes, you can have you get to have all of that every time. I'm yeah. jealous of you. Well, I'm dating a few, and like, but they're so lovely. And they'll like like they'll give me massages. Or yeah. they'll do all the like, there's dinner and foreplay. Or, if you're still taking each other's clothes off, that's sexy. Then that is sexy yeah. because when you have been in a relationship for a long time and you're like text the other person when they're downstairs and you're upstairs and you're like. I should uh, okay I guess let's do it now and, yeah. and come upstairs you undress yourself and it happens but it's good yeah, you, you've you, had wait. sex so many times that you know you know what to do there isn't a guessing game well I had this one boyfriend remember like oh god so I'll reveal about myself but I, I was no. like one time I went we were making out we were kissing for a second and then he tried to have sex with me and I went oh but like I have my period but can we just make out and he goes <laughs> no way yeah when he goes he goes what what's the point like I was like we can't have sex like it was because there's no end game of having sex, he just was like, "What's the oh, point of making oh, out?" Oh, see, I thought the story was going to go in a different direction where he was just like, "I want all of you." No, yeah. he, he was like, "What? Gross!" Now let's just watch TV. Oh God! And I was like, "Fuck, fuck you. that guy! Fuck that guy!" But, but you found this wonderful man. Actually, that's happened to me before. I've been really? on a date with a guy where yeah. we were kind of making out in the car, and um, I was like, uh, "We can go upstairs." And he goes, "Are we going to have sex?" And I was like, "No," because this yeah. is like our first date. And yeah. he goes. No offense, but if, I mean, if it, I'm not going to at least get a blowjob, like, that's a lot of stares. Who is this charmer? Did I get this guy? This Actually, is- he's, <laughs> I mean, he's someone that works in the business. Oh, my God. You know what? I had a dalliance with a guy where, oh, no, I was texting with him, and I had my period, but I, he was like, oh, let's watch a movie. <laughs> we're texting, and and, I, and he's like, do you want to watch a movie? And I was like. And you were like, oh, no. Well, I was like, I do, but, like, if I can't have sex with you. Like just, I, I can't, I was like, if we just, can you just come over and we can make out and watch a movie because I have my period and I like don't want to have sex. Yeah. Is that okay with you? And also that's a weird thing for a man, a position for a man to be put in because he's like, he'll look like an asshole if he goes, oh yeah. wait, what? You have your period? No, I don't want to come over after yeah. all. But at least I like to like, at least, at least let the guy know. So he doesn't that's come really over. That's really nice of you. Has anyone ever been like, well, you Forget can still it. blow me. Oh, I mean, I probably did. <laughs> I probably just did. Did your nice period person. affect your ability to give <laughs> to a, a blowjob? Blow oh God, I think I probably did. But anyway, but um, but yeah, because I take on the responsibility and the guilt of like, oh, we expect something. Oh my of God, me and- no! If I would have listened, if me and you were good friends, yeah, I would have been like, this is absolutely not okay. I know because well, we didn't have sex. We made out. I know. Still, I, you know I, what? I let the man know because I don't want to be put in the position of him coming over and like getting annoyed with me or feeling the pressure. I, I'd rather just text him and go, "This is where I'm at. You can totally come over and give me a massage and cuddle no. with me, and make out with me. That's cool." But every guy should be so lucky to hang out with you that he should be. You hear that, guys? Picking you I'm, up at your fucking place. Yeah. Taking you out for dinner. That happens wherever you want to go. It happens. All paying time. for it, and you don't owe him. Anything. It's true. But I the like pleasure. Sex so much. That's great. I love but I'm saying sex. you, yeah. but I'm saying then that's you and that's what you want. Yeah. Like you don't, he, like he is getting the pleasure of your conversation. Yeah. Your smile. I know. And you're so right. He's the one who's getting the most out of this. This is true. And you should always remember that. Well, and all my listeners. And I'm too. old. I'm kind of old fashioned. Like I'm old that. fashioned too. I yeah. always love the man to pay. I know, like, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I want, you know, guys should be, you should put on, you know, a dress if you feel like it. Yeah. Um, and he should open the door for you. I completely And he agree. should call you on the phone. Oh, this, I feel like this is what's going on in my life. I feel like yeah. I always surround myself with wonderful men who, like, treat me well and the communication yeah. is great. And it's like, I'm not just some girl to them or some whatever. I'm like, no. I'm Alexi and they respect me. And, like, that's the nice thing. I always, I always have great people in my life. It's and nice that's, thing. yeah. And it's good for aging. 
It's good for like aging. I said, be what around is? nice people. Oh yeah, because I'm always calm. You guys yeah, can see my calm don't face. don't be around people that make you cry. Oh, if someone makes you cry all the time, I probably make me cry the most. That's okay. You can't get away from yourself. I know. Everywhere I go, as much I as am. you, as much as we try. No, wait a minute. So you were your, your father passed away. My father passed away. You're dating this. I was guy, dating this guy, and, and he kind of hurt your feelings. He really hurt my feelings, and I was inspired to write this movie. And oh, that's where the inspiration yes. came from. This is what I wanted to get. A fantastic. Yes. Okay. yes. And I don't even need to talk about this movie or what it's called because I don't like it. And the director was a total asshole and he rewrote like 90% of the movie. Oh, this is a different movie. Oh, this isn't. Yes, yeah, this is a different movie. This is me when I was like, you know, in my early 20s. And You and sold it. You yeah. wrote a movie and you sold it and somebody else directed it? Yes. And we can't, we aren't going to say the name of it. I mean, no, because I. It, I mean, I guess anybody could look it up if they wanted yeah, to. But okay. like, I don't. It we was had called, a bad experience. It was called Middle of Nowhere. Middle of Nowhere. Um, and I had a terrible experience. And he rewrote me, and he was really disrespectful. Ew. It was like everything that everyone talks about now and that was what I was like witnessing it was just like a bunch of men just like being disgusting and saying disgusting things about women and and he he was like you're nothing he basically was like you're nothing you're this you're that like very very disrespectful how did you how did you sell it through your agent and then Um, then how did this guy come this other manager got it to this producer and she gave it to him and um, that's how it happened it came together the quickest anything that I've ever worked on has ever come together. How many years ago was this? I mean, this is... God, I don't know. This is more than 10 years ago. And were you acting in it? No. No, I was just a writer and then. You sold, and you sold this... I didn't sell it for a lot of money. I sold it for money? like nothing. Um, were you a producer on it? You got a producer credit? I don't know if I had a producer credit. Who was taking I care just of had you? a writing credit. I, I mean, it was Man. a long time ago. Yeah. Um... And uh, there was this guy that I knew at the time, and he was like, "You should direct that movie yourself. You're going to regret it one day." And I said, well, "I, I don't, I can't direct a movie. Like, what do too I know? Scary. I'm too scared. Yeah. I'm like, what am I going to do? Yeah. My stomach hurts." And yeah. um, and that guy was right. I should have directed that movie myself, but I didn't know that then. And you know what? We have to, we have to go through these things. And so I did that. And um, at any rate, that sort of got me in the door and I did get an agent and I had a manager and then I started working. Doing what? Uh, as a screenwriter. I had my first, okay. uh, I got hired by Fox to write a, ro- a romantic comedy. Um, that was my first job. Oh my goodness. And uh, it's actually really funny because I wrote this, my first script I ever wrote so long ago. And um, it and it's still alive. Like the, like the producer called me and was like, we're going to go out to this actress and we're going to still, and I'm just like, wow, like it's like the script that will not die. Um, so you wrote it for Fox. I wrote it for Fox and then I started my career as a professional screenwriter. And what was that? I want to know everything that led to, that got us to It Happened in L.A. Um, okay, so, so I was writing. That was, you know, I was doing rewrites and adapting books and... and what books? What was I mean, the order of the nothing exciting. I it mean, they exciting. didn't get made though, so it's not exciting. They were just like, I got paid to write them and... These are the secret things that happen behind the scenes that yeah, people don't I know about. I wrote movies for studios. That's and, incredible. And, you know, I made decent money and that was my job. And then I wrote, uh, I've written TV pilots as well. That you've sold that didn't get made. Um, one of them did get made at Fox. Um, so I did that. And then in between, I wanted to write another indie movie. Not to direct yet, because we're not up to that part of the story. I wrote this film called Imogene. And uh, there was this little-known actress at the time named Kristen Wiig. And uh, she was on SNL. um, And uh, she really liked the script. And me and her really hit it off. And she was like, this is the 
the movie that I really want to make. And um, then she said, okay, I have to make this movie Bridesmaids <laughs> um, because my writing partner and I have been working on it and like this and that, but I want to make your movie. It's like so important to me. And um, she had to go make Bridesmaids first. And she was, seemed almost like she was like a little bummed. Like, Wow. I know. Um, and after Bridesmaids came out and it was a total hit, um, we were able to get our financing to make our movie. Oh my goodness. And... We were so excited, and uh, you know, we we had a producer. We brought these directors on, and um, the movie. I I personally really loved the directors. I got along with them really well. Two They're two. They're a husband and wife team. Ooh. And their names are Sherry Springer and Bob Pulcini. Why them? And Why'd you choose them? I just really liked them. They were so inclusive, and um, they they were just cool. I just I liked I liked the. That it was a husband and wife team, yeah. Um, and uh, they directed a really, a really great movie called American Splendor, and um, so they directed Girl Most Likely, and um, you know it was Wait, it, Girl Most Likely. Imogene, Imogene became into- Girl Most Likely, oh. and so like Kristen Wiig was obviously in it, and Annette Benning signed on, and it was a, a very frustrating process for me because I think I really wanted to direct that movie, and. I obviously didn't try to direct it. I didn't have the balls to say I was going to. Um, You know, I already worked on it with the directors and this and that. And so I think when someone else um, comes on and and directs your film, you know, the best case scenario is that they, they make something that is really in line exactly with the way you saw the movie and perhaps even better. And, um, but I, but I think that that happens rarely. I think a lot of times there, you know, it's hard for writers to, to see someone else directing their work. Um, and so it was a really great experience to make that film. And I learned so much from the filmmakers and being on set and just working with Kristen and Annette Benning and yeah. all these people who were so amazing. And, um, I came home and I was just like, you know what? I I'm never going to write another script and have someone else direct it oh, wow. because that isn't, you know, that was their vision and they were very respectful of me and I was very respectful of them and it, it's their film. And um and I really believe that having directed something even more so. It's like kind of like the buck does stop with the director. Oh, like wow. yeah, if you're in a situation where you have final cut and that kind of thing, like yeah, it's that is, you know, they're the ones choosing the music and the lighting and and the production design and the costumes and all those things that people that all those things that aren't written on the page really help determine what the tone of your film is. And um, you know, it's such a person it's all so personal. And so to see someone else making those decisions for your script, um, it was really hard for me. And I think the reason why I struggled so much with it was because I had always really wanted to direct, but I just didn't have the balls to go after it. And so I came back. I said, I want to, I want to direct a feature. Who but did you say this to your reps? To myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably to my boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and, uh, probably to Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Um, and uh, I came back and I said, I want to make a feature, but before I make a feature, I know that I should make a short film. And so um, I wrote a short film and I wanted Kristen to be in it. And um, I was trying to make that happen, but it was just, it. you know, she was not in LA. She was very busy. Like I, I 
you know, it's hard. You can't really ask somebody to make a lot of accommodations to be in like a shitty short film. Um, and my manager was like, you know what? Why don't you just play yourself? Because basically, like, Imogen was you, and this character is you as well. And um, why don't you just be yourself? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't acted in so long. Like, you know, I it just was not something that I had done in years. And I didn't... Um, I wasn't overly optimistic about it in any way and I wasn't really looking forward to it but I was like you know what whatever it's a short film if it sucks no one will ever see it and and that's that and so I made the short film and um, when I discovered the editing process, I was like, oh my God, editing is the most wonderful thing in the entire world. Did you edit it? Yeah. I mean, my short, I mean, I had an editor, but I worked with you him. You sat in with the editor? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's you great. sit, you sit with them the whole time. Yeah, completely. And, um, same editor for, where'd the editor come no. from? Uh, Just he came that. from my producer. The producer of my short film was a good friend of mine. And she uh, knew him. And um, I made the short film, and I submitted it to Sundance, and um, it got it. And, what uh, was this? What year? Uh, 2013. Um, I was in Shorts Program 1 with a little-known filmmaker named Damien Chazelle. Oh, my goodness. Um, and when Whiplash was a short film, uh, it was in the Shorts Program with me. So um, we did our short film thing together. And... Um, it's always been interesting because I'm like, okay, obviously, like he went on, you know, to be part of the Academy Awards every year, and um, it took me a long time to get my feature made. Who could be next? This um, is next. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I mean, whatever, maybe in a hundred years. Don't say that. Yeah. Well, no, not here. No. Not on my watch. Is this a magic place? It's a magic a podcast. Place? No. Anyways, um, but That's uh, exciting. yeah. So I did that. Um, I did the short film. What was the short film about? Where can we find it? Um, it's actually. It's called. You know what? It's going to be on Kentucker's. Uh, it's going to be on Kentucker's No Budge uh, website. No Budge.com? No Budgefilms.com, I think, or No Budge.com. You can't find it on Vimeo or just if I type in the name of it? Um, no Budge has the exclusive. Oh, why No Budge? Why? Um, because I love Kentucker and He's- No Budge is uh, dedicated to. Uh, I don't know if they have features on there as well, but they have a lot of short films. And people were asking me as as of late more and more, where can we see your short film? And I just like, we never posted it anywhere. Yeah, you got it. And I was like, oh, you know what, Kentucker, uh, would you want to do? And he was like, yeah. So, um, so you will be able to find it after November 14th. It's called KIT. Um, for keep in touch and uh it stars me and stephanie allen if you know who she is she's, oh, she's part of wild horses yeah, right she's, she's so good so great i know it's Wait, me and stephanie to? tignataro oh my god i love her yes oh um and so, yeah. stephanie is amazing and so stephanie is in I love the her. short film yeah god. and so i made the short film i came back i knew i wanted to make a feature but i was busy with work because i was doing other things so it took me like probably a year or so to write uh, LA Times. You're busy doing other things. You're writing. I was writing pilots and working on other jobs. And I was like, yeah, no, I really need to do a feature. God, so where do you find the time and you live with your boyfriend. Yeah. Where do you carve out the time to be diligent about writing? How do you do it? I've always been a writer. So that's all that I know. What time do you wake up in the morning and what is your structure? Whenever like? I feel, you know, the truth about writing is like, People that are like, I write from like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm like, really? How is that even possible? Yeah. 
because if I go on the computer from nine to five, I'll probably only get two to three hours of writing done. So it, from now, now I'm doing this thing where I'm just like, I'm just going to write from 11 to one. But like during 11 to one, I'm not allowed to go to reformation.com. Yeah. I'm not allowed to, um, yes. you know, I'm not allowed to peruse anything or read any articles or I can't do anything except for write. It's like the internet doesn't exist. And I find that to be very productive. If you just, because two hours doesn't sound so oppressive. Like six hours sounds really intense, but two hours is like, oh, I can do two hours. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I am. And my, like right now I'm like in a, in a phase where I'm like, I should be writing, I should be exercising, but I'm kind of like giving myself a little bit of a pass right now. Um, just because, you know, it's, there's been it's you know, dealing with the movie coming out and just all of that is like you know there's a lot of emotions and so I'm just trying to be kind to myself. Of course, well, there's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. But wait, so yeah. you did the short film. Mm-hmm. It comes. It goes to Sundance. You go. Okay, now you want to do a feature. You, you, I'm gonna you, get a cough drop. Get a cough. Can I have one too? Yeah. Is, oh, has God. your throat all been really fucked up lately? I don't know. I mean, mine I was those, terrible. Those drugs the other day. I mean, my God, that has nothing to do with my throat. But oh, I don't thank know. You so much. I'm gonna have to move my car and. Oh. We'll get you out of here in 13 minutes. We'll get you out of here in 13 minutes okay. or 12 minutes. Okay, 12 minutes. So you can minutes. run. Sure. By the way, so we're, we're both having a Halls now. And if, have you ever noticed that Halls has these little like pep talk things where it says, <gasps> take charge and mean it. Don't oh give gosh. up on yourself. Oh a my pep God. talk in every drop. Okay, so what you does yours exclusive. say? Mine says, power through. Don't give up on yourself. Take charge and mean it. Don't don't try harder. Do harder. What does yours say? Oh my gosh, the mine actually really is speaking to me today. What does it say? Okay, it says, don't wait to get started. Well, you've done a lot, but go on. Conquer today. Nailed it on my podcast. Dust off and get up. I mean, you're here. Inspire envy. Inspire envy. Well, I, I just like you. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I don't want I'm inspired people, by yeah, you. Yeah, I would rather just inspire inspiration. That's um, what I would say. So the short film, Sundance, you're like, you're writing all these other things. And okay, like, so I, I make, write so I write, I'll do it really quick. So, no, so I you, wrote the feature. You wrote, how long did it take you to write the feature? Um, Probably three months, three I would months. say. Incredible. So you write this thing. I write the feature. Inspired I, by what? Inspired by necessity. I was like, I need life? to make. I was. I loved with Stillman, and I wanted to make a comedy that was in the vein of my short film. If you watch my short film, it'll probably make more sense. But it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to make something in this world because that already worked, and and people who like that were encouraging me to make a feature. And what's so, that word? But when two when, when siblings or people in a family like each other, what's that called? I don't know. Well, it's in your movie. Incest? Incest. It's kind of like an incestual <laughs> thing happening in your movie. I thought movie. you meant liking each other in a nice way, not in a creepy no, way. Well, that's in your movie, an incestual <gasps> kind of thing. Do I cut that Spoiler. out? Spoiler. Well, I mean, a vibe. You don't know what happens. There's a yes, vibe. Yes, that's true. Um, but, okay, so, yes. No, no, I don't know anyone who said incest. Oh, I'm not I saying don't that's, know. I don't yeah, think yeah, that's yeah, from yeah. your life. I'm just Mm-mm. saying, like, where did all these ideas come from? Oh, I just, I don't know. I mean, they totally just, funny. I thought, yeah, you know what? My imagination. Imagination, baby. Imagination is very underrated, um, especially in my, in this business. In this business. Okay, so, yeah, so you write okay, the Okay, so I wrote months. the script. I said to my producer, I was like, I know this is going to shock you, but I think that I want to play a role in the movie. And she was kind of like, let's do it. Um, you meant acting or directing? Di- acting. Because you already she knew, knew it was going to. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of feel like maybe I could play this role. And not that I want to be an actress, but just it seems like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm probably not going to get like 
Marianne Cotillard to be in this movie. So you know what? I should just do it. And um, no, going in, I knew it was going to be hard. And you know this. You're going through this right now. Um, your experience. Like, yeah. Um, how was it to go When on? you are putting yourself in one of the lead roles of a film that you're also writing and directing and you're not famous, uh, it's really hard to get money. And um, I knew that going in, but I think I always was like, oh, you know, but whatever. No, it was really, really hard to get financing. It's also really hard to get actors to sign on. And interestingly, it was really hard to get a woman to sign on because it's an ensemble. You've seen it. It's about me, my best friend, and my boyfriend. And um, there were some actresses. There was one actress in particular that said something to me and it was a real sort of crystallized everything when she said this to me and she said um i love the script but i should be playing your character oh i've heard that no and i was like um okay and she goes no offense but i should be playing that character and i walked out of the meeting and i was like you know what if i was a guy And I said, would you play my girlfriend? She wouldn't have blinked at that. It would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. But because I'm a woman and I, and to me, I didn't think of it like it's a movie about just about me. It's an ensemble. And, um, it really stuck with me. And, um, it it was just, she was kind of like, yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah, no, like there's only room for one of us here and it should be me. And it, it did really stick with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the casting process was tedious. Um, Yorma, I met, and instantly I felt like he'd been my friend for years. And so we had a really good v- sort of, like, vibe right off the bat. And I he's, um, we're at the same agency, and so that's how they got the script to him. And he's so wonderfully supportive of women, and I think that, and a lot of that is due to the fact that, like, he respects his wife so much and supports her. And his wife made a. What's her name? Her name is Mariel Heller. She's an amazingly talented director. She made a movie she called made, Diary of a Teenage yes. Girl. It's so incredible. If you've so not seen good. It, if we haven't this seen movie. it, my it's God, so good. And the production design in that movie, forget about it. It's oh, so good. Is that the same person who did no. your production design? No, but the oh. costume and production design in that movie is fantastic. Oh wow! Um, Shot in L.A. Right. Uh, no, it was shot in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> she's, uh, yes, she, uh, she's so talented and, and he just, he's someone who really likes and respects and admires women. So it was such an honor to have, to have the experience of working with him. He's also just so fucking funny and talented. Yeah. Um, and then I met Dre Hemingway like six days before because an actress who I won't name um, had signed on to the movie. And then three weeks before we're supposed to start production, she sends me a text message and says, No! I'm just really tired. What? Mm-hmm. Oh. Got ready for these kinds of fucking bullshit hijinks, Alexi. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um. How did you handle that? How did you navigate that? I texted you, her and I was like, hit? are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, like, I, I was just like, are you, are you really, like, you're gonna, because it was like such bullshit. Like, these girls come in, oh, we really want to work with a female director and like, it's so wonderful. And that's like, and then they fuck you over and you're just like, okay, fuck you. Yeah. I got fucked over more by women than I did by men. Oh, my trying to God. Get my movie made. Yeah. Women were were definitely meaner and more there was more fuckery with the women. Yeah. Um and that's really disappointing. So well, I can't believe you you walked yeah. through it. So you get No, you so anyways, I met six I, so six days before my casting director goes, Oh my God, 
you know what? Who's your casting director? Her name's Amy Renee, Keep and going. she's so good. And she said, what about Dree Hemingway? And I was like, oh my God, she's perfect. And we asked Dree, and she read it in like two days, and she was like, I'm in. I met Dree the day before we started shooting. Oh my God. And you guys are so great together. I know. I mean, I don't want to like, but we yeah. just have like a, we just had a natural chemistry. I love her. We're very good friends. Um, and, uh, yeah, we met the day before and she, she was just like, she has no ego oh. for, for being a beautiful model and just like such a talented actress and just all a around Hemingway. cool person yeah. and a Hemingway. Yeah. She has no real ego and she's game to do whatever and is just super fucking cool. She's, yeah. Um, and so that was how we came together. And as soon as we had that and we were, you know, it's like, um, Shapiro comes in to audition Sends me a Facebook message. I got it, right? He did? <laughs> did you know him at all? I did know oh, him. God, okay. He'd auditioned for me for my pilot. Okay. And I should have hired him to do my pilot, and I didn't because they were like, we need a bigger star or whatever. Damn it. And um, so my friend goes, if you don't fucking hire Adam Shapiro for this, you're an idiot. And um, What happened to your pilot? Did it go? It was terrible. No. Oh, I don't it was, know. It was, it when was, was your pilot? 2016? 2017? No, it was 2013 or okay. 2014. So and no, they go. force you to cast people you don't want to cast, and it's bad, and uh, it is what it is. So he Facebook messaged you. Um, and he's just like, I got it. And I was like, oh, my oh God. Boy. And so, uh, yes, he ended up he ended up getting it. And then everyone else, yeah. I mean, I had been a fan of Angela Trimbers. Nora Zahedner is a good friend of mine. Um I didn't know Andre Highland. My casting director was a big fan of his, and she brought him in, and I was like... Is he a good auditioner? He's awkward. He's awkward auditioning? Yes. You guys, he's a he's a yeah. previous guest of the Love Alexi podcast and a friend. <laughs> um, oh, wow. He was awkward? Yeah. I mean, he's just kind of how he is. That's funny. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible auditioner. I was going to say, I'm Ooh. an awkward auditioner. I hate, I auditioning. hate auditioning. And my casting director was like, I'm telling you, he is amazing. And oh, she's like, whatever. Nice. And I trusted him. And he was amazing. Everyone was so great. And it was really funny also, like with PJ Ransone, um, that part had been recast like four times. Oh, really? Why? Because every single person who said they would do it, their schedule changed. And because it was a one-day thing, yeah. it was like there wasn't a lot. First, I cast a comedian. And then he was like, shit, I have to go do the show. Is there anyone who can move it around? We couldn't. Then I'm like such a big fan of Jimmy Simpson. Yeah. Do you know who he is? I don't. I'm just, okay. I'm he's, like, who's have that? you seen Westworld? No. Okay. He's been in a lot of things you would recognize him. Anyways, he's... I think he's so talented. Yeah. So I forget who it was who knew him. Maybe Margarita. She got the script and he was like, yes, I'll do it. I was so excited. And then he was shooting Westworld and oh. was like, I can't shoot it that day. And yeah. I was like, fuck. Um, and then... I was like, oh my God, PJ would be amazing. And Dree knew him oh, from good. Starlet. She goes, let me text PJ. And and his agent was like, no, he won't do it. He won't do it. And I, and I just texted him and I'm like, yo. And he was like, yes! he was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. He And it was so funny. He's like, I have a broken arm. So I'm going to show up with my broken arm. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah. He shows up with a broken arm and two dogs. And I was just like, <laughs> do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's what he did, and it was fucking amazing. Where do we leave off? You said women fucked you over more than men. Oh, yeah. Like, m- women fucked me over more than men. So you're casting. All this stuff is happening. Like, yeah. And uh, Dree comes on. Yeah, Dree came on, and it was really funny because um, I had, you know, we'd had all this upheaval with the casting, and 
just everything. And I was like, God, should I be making this movie? Like, is it ever going to come together? This is so frustrating. I had like a big chunk of financing that fell out at the very end. I had to put my own money in. Um, you did? Yeah. Well, you had a wait. What? Yeah. I'm I, just like I, tuned like, into that. Cleaned out my like entire savings. Wait, that's extremely insane and incredible and inspiring. I mean, wait, what was yeah. your budget? Can I ask you? And none of my business. You my budget. I, I didn't. Put, I mean, I didn't cover the entire. I know. Budget. I know. I'm just asking. The budget was seven hundred. Seven hundred thousand. And how many financiers did you have? And then who pulled we out? We ended why? up having. I want to know how hard like it was to one, find financing. Two, three, four, five. If you include me. So, oh my God, mm-hmm. five. If you include you, and each one was like pretty equal, the amount or no, something. No, they weren't all equal, but it was like a minimum of let's say like a hundred thousand dollars. How did you find them? And like, how? What was it like? Like saying I'm starring in my own movie and I'm trying to find financing. What was wrangling? Like, what was that journey like? Just- it was. I mean, my producer. Uh, her name is Alex Madigan. She's really extraordinary. Um, she, you know, she put as. I mean, she just kept pounding the pavement, trying as hard as she could to to you know get that money and you know yeah people dangle it they promise that they're going to give you the money and then they don't give it to you um and yeah there was one story that was really messed up what where this woman we met it was like she was kind of like an associate an association through an association and it was this woman and she was like my daughter I'm not naming names yeah. she was like my daughter is an actress and um, I want you to, you know, I want her to be in the movie and I'll give you the money. And this girl who was really sweet, um, I ended up like befriending her and sort of like trying to mentor her because that's what her mom wanted. And she was like, but don't ever tell my daughter what I'm going to do, which I was just like, this seems Oof. weird. Like, just be honest. Awkward. And then um, like a month before, she was like, I'm not going to give you the money. And I was like, I made good on my end of the promise like you know and and um and she really screwed me over and it was just really it was just like it was one of those things you read about or you like see in like a cheesy hollywood movie (laughs) but you're like no that doesn't happen and it and it did and it was like not funny it was just really depressing and sad why did she back out just changed her mind yeah but these these people i mean i don't know what it would be like to have like you know, $50 million or I don't know how much money these people have to have in order to feel comfortable giving you a certain amount. And like, um, you know, like just, and, and I, but I just want to say that like, not everybody is like that. Like my other financiers are amazing and so supportive and so great and so wonderful. It was just a couple of women that I had met along the way that were like, we're going to help you and we're going to, you know, we really want to invest in you. And, and they just at the last minute were just like, sorry, I changed my mind. Oh my God. Or my goals changed or whatever. And you're like, that's fine if you don't want to do Like I'm one of those people that's like, if I have no problem with the word no. I use the word no frequently. If someone tells me no, like, okay, cool. Yeah. But don't drag it. Don't drag it on. Don't waste don't people's jerk you time. Around, dangle yes. a carrot in front of your eyes. And, and they do because you know what? It's I mean, it's hard. Like when it comes time to write that check and to do that, it's a lot of money. And I could understand people not wanting to do it. Um, but yeah, that was kind of shitty. So there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh god, like is this ever going to happen? And the character that Dree plays, I really had wanted that character to drive 
an old-fashioned Mercedes, but I didn't have it in my budget to find a cool vintage car, and nobody that I knew had one, and so we were like, okay, she'll just drive an SUV, and then when I met Drew for the first time, she pulled up in a vintage Mercedes, and it looked exactly the way that I imagined it in my head, and when that happened, I was like, oh, perfect. Maybe this will maybe this will be okay. Well, like I took it as a little sign. Well, how long did it? What was the time frame of finding financing? You said three months to write your movie. When you sat, you like, and uh, and then financing. How long on that journey? I mean, finance. The thing is, you find it and then it falls apart. So, like, so all, between starting to look for it and like actually like getting them all the money in the bank account at the end of that, how many months? I mean, the whole entire time. Like you don't get. I mean, I don't. I, I don't. The money never comes the day that you that you think it'll come. It always <laughs> comes like once you start shooting. Jesus. So it's really intense, and I feel like it, that's just sort of a rite of passage when you make your first film. You, yeah. You might have to put your own money into it. You oh, definitely, up until the very last moment that you're, you know, rolling, you are wondering if it's really going to happen. Yeah. So when it does start happening, you're like, oh my God, now I can find... That's what, it's like making the actual movie is the most relaxing part of the experience because you're oh, actually shit. making the movie. The other times, you're so stressed out about the prospect of not being able to make the movie that it, it's terrible. Well, and then when you once you're finally making the movie and your first day of shooting, and like throughout the process, how yeah. many weeks was it? How many days? It was uh, four weeks, five, five day weeks. weeks. Yeah. 20 days of shooting. It was supposed to be 20 days and we cut it to 19. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, because we were moving. We had we were moving pretty fast. Um, and what was that like? What were the hardest days? Like, uh, you you finally are directing a movie you wrote. You're doing it. You're acting in it. What was that like? Um, the, you, the first scene that we shot ended up not being in the film. I cut it because um, I don't. I didn't really like it. Um. Which I guess makes sense. So I guess shoot your least favorite scene for your first scene. Oh God, yeah. Um, because I was, and also for me, like I wasn't. I certainly wasn't super warmed up as a performer. So I, it took me, you know, that whole day was kind of like a rehearsal. Yeah. Um, and uh, then after that, things went good. I mean, I definitely preferred the days where. I was only directing to the days when I was acting and directing. Yeah. But I will say that, like, you know, time goes by faster when you're acting and yeah. directing. Um, the hardest day was probably... The hardest day was definitely the day where it was me and Dre and Andre on the bench because we tried to shoot it and we got rained out oh, on really? one day. Where was that hike? Fryman? No, it's um, in this weird oh. sort of mystery area of Griffith Park. Oh, wow, pretty. Um, did you need permits for that? You did, right? Yes. Okay, and of course. Yeah, I mean, you, I guess you have to. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm always like, we don't need a permit. Yeah. We can do anything we and want. The producer's and they're like, like, no. Well, they're like, yes, if it was just three actors and a camera, we could get away with that. But we also have like 20 trucks and yeah. like all this other shit. So no, we need a permit for that. Yeah. So um, that day was not great because it was raining. And it like never rains really in yeah. LA and so it was just like really is it raining and it, it just was like a nightmare and then there was a dog and it was like a whole thing and then oh, we God. had to shoot we had to go back and shoot it again and it was still hard because it was freezing and the dog wasn't cooperating and it was just like okay well let's oh, do we get it I guess we did yeah um, and another scene that was really hard to shoot was the scene where me and Angela go to Robert Schwartzman's house oh so funny um, and that was a bit of a disaster because 
the way that we shot it, it was supposed to be like a lot of screaming and yelling and like it was just kind of supposed to be like this, you know, long uninterrupted take. But the guy who owned the house and we, you know, rented it for a film shoot, he knew what was supposed to happen. He knew the whole thing. And then he like freaked out when we were like screaming on the front lawn and he was like, this is, you can't do that. I have neighbors. And was like, we rented the house between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Like, we told you what we were going to do. We, like, blocked it out. And now you're telling me that we can't do that. And he's like, you can't yell. And I'm like, it's a fight. We're supposed to be screaming. And he's like, we can't do that. So, And that was our last, very last scene that we shot. And then the movie was wrapped. So I was like... Well, we'll see how this goes in the edit. And we got into the edit, and it was just like it was kind of like I mean, I'm comparing my movie to Jaws, but I it was are. like it was like Jaws, where it was like this shark looks like shit. Like, what are we gonna do about this? The shark being the fight. Yeah. And um, my editor's like, I have an idea. Just like, let me do my thing. And he showed me the end result, which I loved. I think it looked great. Yeah, yeah. because it's it has no sound. It's just like really loud music and all these fast cuts of crazy shit happening. So oh. it, it's like a very sort of jarring tone. Yeah. And it's like kind of montagey a bit yeah, too. It's yeah, montagey. And in the end it ended up working way better than so that's an example of an obstacle becoming something that works to your advantage. Yeah. And that happens all the time in an indie film. So um so yeah, so we made it. Um, went to Sundance. I was really happy. It did premiere at Sundance. How was that when like waiting with bated breath like when did you get oh my it God, into Sundance? It's the, it's when like when did you submit it? Well, we submitted in September. No, that's um, like the final kind of like September, October, right? It's like Yeah, October of- you can submit. Uh, I think there's like an ex- super extended deadline, but I feel like it, it maybe it's like it, it's only okay to do that if like you know them or you've had a film there, then they might still consider it that late. Yeah. Um, I think in general, though, whether you're an alumni or not, like the sooner the better for submitting things. So you got it to them by September. You shot it when of that same Oh, year? I shot it in April. April. April, you shot it, and then it's done. You get it to them by so April, May, June, July, August, September, five months between sh- beginning yeah. shooting. That's incredible. And well, actually, it would have moved faster, but like we had a couple things that slowed us down. Like, like music just ends up taking a really long time because we had a lot more music in the film than I thought we would initially. Yeah. Um. So that was hard. That was frustrating. And where were you when you got the? Was it email or a phone call? I got an email. Um. I because I had a short film there. Um. Uh, there. I see you. I did. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, my uh, the programmer that reached out to me is uh, my friend Kim Utani, and um, she emailed me, and she said, "Hey, um, call me when you get a minute." With an exclamation mark. Oh my god! And I was in the parking lot of Blossom Spa in Hollywood, I where, love- where I get my cheapy massages, and I was like. Oh Writing my that gosh! Down. Oh wait, the best. Okay, keep going. Forty nine dollars. It's so clean. Where the, is it? It's on uh, Highland and um, Delongpre. Got it. Keep going. Tell me. And it's amazing. I can't say enough good things about Blossom Swan Hollywood. Um, and uh, yeah, she just was like, "Can you call me?" And so I called her, and she was like, "Congratulations, you got in." And uh, did you just burst into tears. I did. I started crying. 
I'm just uh, thinking about it. it makes I'm me feel f- like I feel like I'm going to cry. Yeah. Because there's so much, you know, you, I was so nervous and um, it shouldn't mean as much as it, 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 here's the thing. It means so much. And also like, even if it doesn't happen, you know what I mean? Like great, amazing things still happen. Um, and just because it does happen doesn't mean that everything is going to work out for you and you're going to sell your movie for a ton of money because I sure didn't. Did you be sold it though? I did sell Who'd it. Sell I it did. To? I sold it to The Orchard. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah. A lot of fantastic so, films yeah, have been they sold have to a The lot Orchard. Of, yeah. They have a lot of really cool films. Um, but uh, yeah, honestly, it's, it's hard no matter what happens to you. I mean, it looks like it might be really easy for like two people. And I haven't spoken to those people, so I don't know if it was as easy as it looked. But um, my, it was hard. It was really hard to get the money. It was hard to get the cast. It was hard to get the movie made. It was, you know, it's just, it was hard. Do you feel so much stronger? Like, if I fucking did that? Do you feel like, oh my God, I conquered this. I slayed this dragon that I've been, you know, you've been wanting to direct for so long? Yeah, I mean. Because you should. This, you know, it's a hard year to put anything out into the world because well because there's because it almost feels sometimes like you can't do anything right this year you know what I mean like some people are going to shit on you for the way you look or for being a woman or for making a comedy when it's a serious time and um you know I wrote the movie four years ago the world is a really different place now than it was then yeah um and I wouldn't write the same movie today because my head's in a different place and the way I see the world is different. And um, it's just hard. I mean, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, when somebody when somebody um, put out a film, uh, for the most part, audiences discovered films. And that was what was so magical about that time. And there were like five reviewers. And if you want to read Siskel and Ebert's review, you have to go find the Chicago Tribune and read it. Yeah. And um, nowadays, there's a million reviewers and a million opinions and a million comments on YouTube. And um, just it, it it makes you a little bit more shy and and it's it's a little it's I mean, I'm not gonna lie it makes it harder for sure yeah. because you're never going to appease everybody and that shouldn't be the purpose of art I think that art should be um, art should provoke a strong response whether it's good or bad and that's okay people shouldn't be trying to appease the masses all the time but we we live in a world where the masses it's like everyone has an opinion on everything that people do now and some of that is good but um I think that sometimes it can be bad like I I think certain certain I don't know I I think there needs to be a bit of reform in terms of how art is evaluated there are not enough female critics there um there's not diversity in in the critical world really at all um and I think that you know if we want if we want more independent voices being fostered and 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 I don't know. I just think that we need to be more encouraging and supportive of everybody. Yeah. Even if they don't make the things exactly that we love, 
we still need to respect the fact that somebody fucking killed themselves to get it made. Yeah. And it's such a hard process. And um, there's so many things, obviously, in the world right now that that should garner much more sympathy than <laughs> making movies. No, but it's a weird, confusing time. I'm just going to jump in and say it's like I'll go on Twitter like and I'm so appreciative of what you made and I really love your movie and it's well, like thank you and I, I but it is a bizarre time I know what you're talking about yeah. where it's like because you go on Twitter or Instagram and I just especially I just feel like I go on let's I'll just say Twitter and I can I feel like everybody's screaming social media I, I yeah social <laughs> media but I feel like everybody's screaming yeah. and then I go can I just make a joke about Target no, and then you can't. but I do anyway yeah. and then I, but I also feel like oh God I wasn't allowed to do that because I, I have know. to jo- I, I have to be an activist now and I'm not an activist I know what I stand for I know yeah. what I care about I know how I am with people and and. And I, but it's like, I also feel like bullied into like, oh, you have to talk about what everybody's talking about. Yeah. Even though it's for a righteous cause and I get it, but it's like, sometimes I just want to make a silly joke about dating or whatever. And also I don't like I it. And I can understand, like, let's say you, you you make your movie and let's say somebody doesn't love it or it's not for them or it's not about not what they think it should. Will, yeah, not everybody will. But that's not here, neither here nor there. And of course that's how it is. Art is subjective. But I also get really irritated when people are like... Uh, I don't like when when people are super critical and harsh uh, if they don't like a thing because I think you know what, fuck you. I'm gonna use your exa- your movie as an example. Let's say, and I love your movie yeah. and I love like the style of it. Let's say somebody doesn't like your movie, that's all fine and good. But like, okay, if you don't like it, put your head down, focus on your shit. Somebody made their thing. <laughs> the, the goal is like, I just think it's such a beautiful thing when somebody executes what they intended to execute. Yes, and that's so important to me. And like, and uh, it is such a weird, weird, crazy time right now. And like, what would you? It's a, it's a very serious time. I should say it's a really weird time to put a comedy into the world. I think of all the times to put a comedy in the world. And what would you make next? Just to just to like land this plane because I, I and like what am say, I making like, next? What, I'm making another the, mind frame. Yeah. Oh, well, the thing that I'm writing now is actually a movie that I've been wanting to write for ten years, and um, it is a drama and it's a, a thriller. Oh wow! Um, Jeez. And uh, it's. I guess about some timely sort of more serious topics that takes place in the 60s and it's something that like I said I've been wanting to write for 10 years it's just such a bigger beast than LA Times or it happened in LA and I wanted to uh, I wanted to get my chops as a director before I dove into something a little bit bigger and so um not everybody's I'm okay with not everybody loving everything that I say or do or write that's okay of I, course. I, um, I feel the same way about me I, yeah. f- I feel like uh, if every single person likes you then you that's must not be very interesting totally because I mean I don't know and um, but I do as somebody who um obviously just made a film and also I have a lot of friends that are filmmakers and I see the pain that everyone suffers and like my friends who are you know sort of like bigger budget filmmakers and you know to see like critics you know ripping movies apart and doing things and it's like you know what what you said if I intended to make a big fun comedy with like a lot of like smutty jokes and whatever yeah, the, then that was a success. What they made, like, yeah. not it's art. It you can't you can't compare one to the other. It's an expression. There's no rules. Yeah. It's not like and your people will find yeah. you. Then you make your thing exactly. And the people who flock to it are none of exactly. your people. And it's and it's. Uh, I really yeah. it's depressing when you think about it because. It, if you or I had grown up during the time that Rotten Tomatoes existed, we wouldn't have discovered all the movies that we love oh. because 
somebody we live in a, we live in an age now where you all you have to do is turn on your phone and someone will tell you what you should eat. I don't look. What you should watch. Yeah. What you should look like. What your nose should look no, like. No, I'm not looking what, at that. No. What you should buy and those ads like you look at something once and then it's it, it follows knows. it follows you for a month and you're like oh my god okay you're right I should have got that jacket and then you go to click on it and it's sold out in your size and you're ah! like oh my god it's terrible and that is what life is like now and we grew up in a time where you were allowed to discover things on your own yeah. you're allowed to discover if you're a tree person or if you sat in the cafeteria wearing a wet seal dress yeah um or you know, it didn't matter if if something was cool. If it was cool to you, that was enough. Well, I try to put my head down, and not pay attention to all that stuff, and not get sucked. In. I, mean, I really do try to 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 be that way and just go. I don't want to. I don't read reviews. I like to go into things blind. And also, I feel like the making a movie whole like saying it's like it's like a life fulfillment thing to yeah. go. Wow, I did this in this lifetime. I was brave and I did it, and I learned something. And then and then now you're going to go on to make your next movie. And like I just want to know quickly, like. What would you do differently? What are little things that you go, oh, now I know that? Well, I think the first thing is, um, I, you know, I knew going into my film that if I didn't have anyone famous in it, it was going to be a challenge to get money and it was going to be a challenge for distribution. And I didn't care because I'm like, this is my movie. It's low budget. I'm doing it the way that I want. And I wouldn't change a thing. But being mindful of that and the challenges that come with that kind of film um, going into it I would aspire to you know have have like one or two meaningful people that would help expedite the process for financing and for distribution um, and I know that uh, are you going to be in it? No, I don't think so. You didn't. No, I don't think so. I don't want to. Um, And uh, I think that, yeah, I just know, like for me, I know music is sort of the thing that I get really hung up on. So I know that I need a much bigger music budget and a lot more time to work on music than I had on this film. Like licensing for actual songs that exist or a score? Isn't this like, is doing a a unique score without music, like just doing a, a score for a movie, is that cheaper? Getting a, um, a rate from somebody going off, how much would it cost? It's definitely score? cheaper, but it's still, you know, it still costs money and it still takes a lot of time. And so now having made my short and ma- having made this and, and music was the thing on both of them that slowed me down because I was like, the music has to be perfect. So I know that I care a lot about music and going in, I will approach that differently. But Aside from that, I mean, you know, I was really happy with all the people I hired. There, It wasn't a situation where I'm like, oh, my God, never again. Like, I think I would try to work with almost everybody that was oh, wow. on my first film in terms of, like, department heads and things like that. And um, I love all my actors, and I hope that, you know, we will all work together again, if not on the next one, eventually. Absolutely. And I think that... Um, yeah, I don't know. You, I mean, you learn so much every single time. And I think that another thing I would really take from it is, like, um, for everybody who wants to make a film out there, it's so cliche to say this, but it really is true. Like, the process of making the movie and the magic that you feel when you're on set and you're creating something with these people and there's this energy and this passion and you get to play all day long that is really the most valuable part. Like the outcome of the movie in a lot of ways is so much less important than that experience. And knowing that you 
made something and that and that you got to really express yourself and do it the way that you wanted to. And so I think that a lot of the focus does become about the Rotten Tomatoes score and and the box office and this and that and and like it's it's like you know it's like I don't know I, I've heard this saying before about like pregnant women like it's like when you're pregnant everyone cares about you and and it's amazing and then when you have your kid you're just another lady with a kid you're like they're like shh keep that baby quiet <laughs> and that's kind of like a movie too it's like when you're making the movie it's like oh my god you're making a movie you're going into production on a movie oh my god it's so exciting and then you have your movie and it's like yeah you're just another yeah. idiot with a movie yeah um, so enjoy making the movie because yeah. that's the most exciting part it sounds like it yeah it is and um, and uh, it's not it's you know however however easy it looks for anyone it's not it doesn't look easy mm, no for some people it does look really easy I think well it's just so interesting it's like you have this private time you're usually like writing this thing in the privacy of your own home at night yeah. or whenever you write your thing and it's just you in, in your head just writing this thing and then to have it be brought to life is such an exciting thing and then yeah and then like I think one of the most exciting things to me about movie making is like or the idea of it is like you get to play around with like with the clothing, with yeah. the costume design, uh, with the imagery, like you know, with your DP and how yeah. you set up shots and your shots. You, you get like minimal coverage. I feel minimal coverage. Yeah, and we very did specific a lot of. Shots. Yeah, we did a lot of. Um, we did a lot of wide takes, uh, wide shots, one takes, that sort of thing. And um, it's a. I mean, it's a more cost-effective way to shoot because you don't have as many setups. You get to move really fast. Who's your DP? Um, this really talented guy named Nicholas Wisenet. And why him? You just met him once? He did your short film or no? No, he didn't do my short film. Just um, I just met him and we hit it off and it worked out. And who's your production designer? Because your production design was beautiful. Yeah. Did you have to pay for all those houses? Uh, were they friends at all? Like no, donated? Most of the houses were free. Paid. They were free? I'm saying, yeah, they were. Great. They were, um, they were yeah. Who was your production designer? Who? Her name is Hillary Gertler. She also was a production designer for Band-Aid. Oh, beautiful production yeah, design. Yeah, so she's really, really good. Based in L.A.? Uh-huh. All right. Do you want but, our info? I mean, well, very rarely. It's like, I like to celebrate the, the department heads. It's so funny because I'm just no, like so fascinated so by great. all this. Yeah, you get to like costume design, uh, you know, imagery, yeah. uh, music. Heather Allison was my wardrobe designer. She's really amazing. Yeah. Amy Renee is a the casting, casting director. director. Yeah. yeah. My well, composer, Anthony Willis. And uh, your editor, what's his name? He's going to John Michael his, Powell. And he was editing while you were shooting to keep it moving, right? Yeah. yeah. He's really great. He's going to direct his own film, yeah, I think. He's going to yeah. direct his own film. I'm totally invested in your role here that's why I wanted Thank this whole you. entire thing As I know I like rung you dry but I wanted this entire thing to be a love letter to you and really celebrate every aspect Aww, of like who you are how you made this movie <laughs> how you're feeling what's what's next and then also now that we're, we're landing the plane where can people find your movie and when my movie uh, will be on iTunes on November 14th um, if you do happen to be in the Los Angeles area it's going to be playing at this really cool little indie theater called the Arena Cine Lounge um, starting this Friday it'll play for a week um, and you could go to the Arena Cine Lounge website for Hollywood and it'll be on there but um, honestly like I understand people don't like to leave their house so just download it on November 14th. It happened in LA. Is there an Instagram handle or a website or anything? Or you got oh my god, I'm so not savvy. No, you got all this thing. stuff. It Listen, has a Facebook page. We've told you enough. You know where to find it. I'm Google. Not, it happened in LA. It's available on iTunes. It happened Just see in it. LA. The movie. There you go. Um, and uh, yeah. 
Oh my God. Well, thank you for talking to me for an eon. I appreciate you letting me I know, uh, have you for so we've long. We've had a lot of stops and starts in this podcast. Have you ever had so many stops and starts? No. I mean, and, and, and you guys, I'm going to throw us over to, uh, we're going to end this podcast. I'm going to say goodbye to Michelle, but. Can when I hear myself screaming before we leave? You were screaming? <laughs> on the last podcast. Oh, do you want me to send that to you? I, I can't listen to it right now. Oh, not right now. Okay. But, I just uh, want to hear it. <laughs> no, I will. I'll send it to you later. I'll, I'll email it to you. But, um, but yeah, I want you to hear a. Uh, the stop and start of uh, Michelle on the podcast last week before her house got. Yeah, uh, I feel like we've just into. we've we've like we've been through a lot in this podcast. Just like <gasps> emotionally. Well, I hope you don't regret it. No, I think it's fascinating. Did you have a good time. I did. I had a really good time. I am so glad you're here. And uh, I wish I would have known that I could park in the back the entire. I know. Time. I should have told you. But anyway, oh boy. Well, anyways, thank you, Alexi, for all that you do. Thank you. And for being such a great supporter of uh, independent voices and women. That's me. Oh, my God. Michelle Morgan, thank you for being here. It was my pleasure. Bye. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 